What's up, Creakers? Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a quick heads up that while introducing my guest this week, we ran into a little bit of an audio mishap. It, so it's a little choppy, but we, we, you know, we steer through the chaos and we get right into things and things pick up and the audio quality picks up after the first two minutes or so. So I just wanted to give everybody a quick heads up. You know, the audio does improve after that little bit of clunkiness. Uh, but other than that, it was a really fun episode. I really had a great time and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Down by the Creek. Let's get to it. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Down by the Creek, the premier and possibly only Dawson's Creek slash 90s fashion slash new wave music appreciation podcast. I'm your host, Alvin Williams, a novice creaker hoping to someday earn his Creek Freak card one episode at a time. But I can't do that alone. Joining me this week is a very special guest. You may know her from the hit podcast Jensen and Holes the Murder Squad, or you may have seen her lighting a bag of dog shit in front of St. Mary's College Men's Basketball Arena. Give it up for Polly Katowski! <laughs> Hi! I swear I never lit a bag of dog shit. <laughs> well, Polly, first of all, I want to thank you for joining me and talking about Dawson's Creek. Uh, it was a phenomenon that I am... Uh, familiar with, I, I was, you know, I was alive, I was cognizant, I was a young pup at the time. Um, now, I would like to uh, get your perspective of what Dawson's Creek meant to you. Before I do that, a little quick Creek fact. Dawson's Creek premiered on January 20th, 1998. It was a Tuesday. So, what I would like to know in, in the framework of what Dawson's Creek was for you at the time that it came out is, so it's, it's 1998, it's a Tuesday. Polly is doing what she wakes up in the morning. She spits on a photo of Matthew Della Vadova, and then she goes downstairs and starts play her- for St. Mary's at that point. <laughs> um, no, um, you know, I'm a junior in high school. Okay. So I'm trying to think where my classes at that point. Um, yearbook chorus. I was that. Oh, you're on yearbook. Group. Yearbook and chorus. Okay. Um, and then AP classes. Oh. I feel like that was my English four AP year and government AP, which my government teacher was awful. My AP his English teacher was amazing. Um, so I was off to do that. I absolutely was watching Dawson's Creek when I got home that night, assuming there wasn't a baseball game for my brothers because I, it's Josh Jackson and Kevin Williamson. So. Yes. Oh, so, so you, okay. Cause, um, Looking at this podcast with 2020 goggles, uh, my first uh, episode into this, I, I went in on pretty on Kevin Williamson pretty hard because this is like this 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 dialogue and everything about this is pretty nuts so bananas. But because you are an AP, you are an AP junior. I think maybe you fit right in with this with this <laughs> with the format well, of the okay, show so and. The, there's a lot of SAT prep words, you know, that just were casually thrown around at over Lots lunch. Of them. And that's exactly what we sounded like in high school. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but that being said, I was a huge horror film fan. Got so it. at that point, okay, yes. Kevin Williamson had done Scream, yes. where he worked with Wes Craven. Yes. So fangirl, I could, like, ultimate fangirl. And but fangirl I enough to jump to was... this? Or did you? were you mistaken on 
Now, the commercials were made it pretty clear before the show oh. came out that this was not a horror show. Yes, completely. But it was still Kevin Williamson. And at that point, he had done Scream, which I can't tell you how many times I saw in theaters, even though I was underage. Um, and also, at that point, I know you did last summer, and I was a huge Buffy person. Oh, so yeah. That was yeah. head Sarah yes. Michelle Geller. Yes. So, oh, same. But yeah, so it had a bunch he worked with a bunch of people that I really enjoyed and loved. So when Dawson's Creek came along and you had Joshua Jackson from Mighty Ducks, Understand I was, I was all in like Josh Jackson could have read the phone book yeah. for his yeah. acting yeah. for Pacey. And I, I'd be like, Oh, now was that's so amazing for the time. Cause I, again, you bring up Buffy and I was watching Buffy instead of this, right? This just didn't grab me. I was in the, 1998. I was in the first grade. So none of this grabbed me. <laughs> it just, I was like, there's a show on that where there's vampires. There's like this, this like beautiful girl doing cartwheels. I'm in on that. I think charm was out at the time. There was plenty of other things to, and also like Moesha and a bunch of other things that I was, I could just uh, understand more than the, these like suburban big clothes wearing uh, uh, white people. So it, it it didn't grab me at the time, but obviously you go to the grocery store, teen people, they're on the cover of every magazine. The song, you hear it. Before I change the channel, I go, oh, I like that song a little bit. Yeah. But it's I mean, Buffy's not on not. this channel, and then I change the channel. So I was fully aware of what it was, but I just it didn't grab me at the time. Hence, you know, 20 years later, this podcast is birthed and I'm now going down the road with 2020 goggles and it is, yeah. it's different. I don't have the grace There's, that you give it probably because you remember the time I'm watching I it. Do. <laughs> I'm watching it purely as somebody in 2020. Like what is happening? Yeah, no, there's so many things that are special about this show. And I mean that in both senses of that word, um, <laughs> special good and special, like, oh, you're yeah. special. Um, because for, First of all, I don't, like, I I remember when I, okay, I'm going to really date myself. I remember when 90210 yes. first came out. Mm -hmm. And I begged my parents to stay up late because I was young when that one started. And they were like, absolutely not. You can record it on the VCR and watch it the next day. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I did that. And, you know, that, even though they were Beverly Hills and whatever else, they just were a little bit more relatable because their vocabulary wasn't so... Yes. Insane. And also, every single conversation wasn't about sex. Like, the first season of Dawson's Creek, every fucking conversation yes. is sex, 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 sex. Well, and except like, Dawson's... None well, of you are having it. Two, <laughs> like, two episodes in, and Dawson is like, he hates sex. I think he wants to... He I, an object of a... Of a, an object of obsession. Yes, it's 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 so, and that's why I feel like I personally am two episodes in, and I kind of I, I hate Dawson. So the second question before we dive in, yeah, is that's like, not going to change. Is for it a while. is it clear that jo Joshua Jackson even in 1998 was it clear that Joshua Jackson was like, oh, he's charming and he's like the guy crush of the show, and Dawson's like insufferable and pretentious and. And you know, not a real, if this person, this person in a school would be like thrown into a trash can in 1998 and Dawson walks around like, look at these plebeians in their football games. And, yeah, you know, and it's so weird because, you know, later James does varsity blues. Yes. And it, 
looking back now, it's crazy to me. And I, I mean, I obviously went into it with heart eyes for Josh Jackson. Yes. How could you not? Um, super charming. And in person, he is super charming. Like he is Believable. just effortlessly amazing and fantastic. Yeah. Um, but James was a huge heartthrob. Uh, do we want to get hair. into the, the fact that I was on set? Because I can tell you who had security and who didn't. Oh, please. Oh, for anyone who doesn't know. Also, Polly, you will be coming back for this episode, of course. But also, for if you, uh, you, you may know her from Murder Squad. You know her from, you know, uh, lighting things on fire on college campuses. But you, you probably have seen her as doing background work on this goddamn show. I have an interest, industry insider here for some Soup's exclusive information who was a diva, Devo, walking around? Because, I mean, this show was pretty big, though, right? I'm trying to, it like... Was, it was a huge show. Was it Friends it was level? And I didn't... So I didn't start doing background work until season four. Yes, you'll be back. But the only person... And, like, Josh had done just as many movies. Um, Katie had done a slew of movies. Mm -hmm. Michelle always kind of picked art house movies, which is even true, yeah, mostly now. to today. And she's, she's, a, she's amazing she's a, and fantastic. She's a thespian. I mean, and I did a... I, I did a lot of scenes, especially with Josh, but the only person I ever saw that had security on set was James. Oh, so it's okay. weird. And that was after Varsity Blues, but it's very weird to me when I look back because, you know, the team beats and everything else, yeah. they had both James and Josh. Yeah. They were, they and, were, they were co-stars of the show, I would say. I mean, first of all, I'm not really attracted to blonde, so I guess there's that. But and anybody <laughs> who can do that stuff with their hair, if you're not Brad Pitt, who... Another creek fact, that's what the hair was based off of, is they wanted to do a Brad Pitt thing. But if you're not Brad Pitt, it's like, oh, come on, too much maintenance, man. It just Well, and then that's another reason I don't find it much, because Brad Pitt does nothing for me, um, <laughs> well, personally. you're like, wrong. But, okay, yeah, no. But... <laughs> I know. We were talking about Brad Pitt the other Taco Tuesday, and I was like, I'm yeah, going to uh, be quiet over here. Have you seen, not, have you, Polly, have you seen Thelma and Louise? I have, and I love Thelma, but he is just not, he's not my bag. Like, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't have anything to say to that. That's insane to me. He's everyone's but, bag. I have a fiance who is a woman, and he's my bag. He's a gorgeous yeah, man. no. <laughs> he, he's just not. Well, then, I don't. I, <laughs> well, okay, so James Vanderbeek's hair was based on this horrific, ugly monster, Brad Pitt. And he was, he was the <laughs> only, he was the only guy on set that had security. Did he have like a in Steve Harvey season, rules? Like first season, I don't know. No, no, it's like, no, no. Don't no, look no, at no, him. Not, do nothing not like, nothing like that. Do no, not no, speak no. to the beak. No, no, no. Like he was great, but he was the only person that had onset security in season four. Sure. Like, I I don't know about the earlier seasons for a fact, but I know at that point, all four of the major characters had done major film work at that point. But the beak, the beak the showed one. up. The beak showed up. He wanted to make sure everything was secure. He was. I and it wasn't like he didn't have a full team. It was like one guy, but it was sure. just it was definitely. But different. it stood out. It stood out enough for you to it, remember. It, it stood out. I mean, <laughs> nobody else had it. Yes, so it's odd. So it's it's, it's odd. A little strange. It's odd, Polly. Um, <laughs> especially because I and at that point they had Kerr Smith as Jack. So oh. out of the three, because I like my brunettes, um, and I like my guys funny. Yeah, James character that's that not, i mean no. i didn't interact with him enough to know whether he is was funny. actually From funny the videos i've seen of him recently he actually is kind of charming and funny but i'm sure he is. i never I interacted with i blame him nothing way. i blame nothing about me hating it, it it's almost like if you've seen game of thrones it's like 
the the hate that I have for King Joffrey has translated into the actual per- like if I saw him the actor I'd go oh. it it would be it would just be like a primal <laughs> effect. I don't blame James Vanderbeek for the way he's being portrayed. Me being two episodes into the show, but the way he's being portrayed is as oh, an insufferable uh, dickhead. It's it's like, but he's rewarded at every turn. As a matter yeah, of fact, gets, he he is the white guy, like the privileged white guy that we all. It's fascinating. I guess not everyone, but he he is the epitome of that white guy privilege. Yeah, in but every turn. I don't find him to be. Everything. I don't find him to be studly enough to be getting these privileges. If this was Joshua Jackson, who has his own, he's going through his own things. Where I go, I mean, the confidence of this. But James Vanderbeek, I go. I mean, you know what? I take it back. In whatever made up town this in of Cape Side, I guess he's a a handsome guy, but his personality is terrible. And I don't know, this, this particular episode, they introduced Scott Foley. Now, Scott Foley, Scott Foley, jawline, like, you know, American, he's just a classic American handsome dude. But he looks, even as, like, the football player jock, which he's supposed to be, which is an easy-to-hate character, next to Dawson, you go, this dude's pretty cool. I mean, like, you, you know, like yeah, you like, yeah, you're like, this, this dude Dawson's a dick, even compared to the guy that you, you know, you would, you know, you would characterize him as the guy that like puts nerds in, in toilets. That's like his. Yeah, that, that's like his character. Worse. Like he gets so much worse. Oh my god! But I, he's so bad in this episode. Oh my god! So like it's an, it's it's the manipulation in this episode that he has. Yes, let's, with every female character, let's, every female character, all of everybody, just, every character. Let let's 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 dive into this, okay? So we're on please. we're we're on episode two dance okay and dawson is worried about his first kiss with jen especially when she attends a school dance with someone else spoiler alert it's scott foley also known as cliff okay so 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 this episode opens up we're back in dawson's studio which is how the first uh, first episode of the season opens up as well and he and joey yeah 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 yeah, it's his bedroom his creepy bedroom with steven spielberg posters you know scattered up for I know you did last summer. Except for one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the reason, uh, also, uh, another Creek fact. So uh, Kevin Williamson screen wrote Scream and uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, as Polly has been alluding to. So um, that's why you'll see all these kind of Easter eggs scattered throughout the whole show, I would assume. They've probably been around for a while. For the most part, like even after Kevin leaves, there's still Easter eggs dropped here and there. And again, it's like, listen, I know you like Scream. I like Scream too. And I happen to know, and I'm sure you know, that the character of Dawson is based on Kevin Williams. This whole thing is kind of based on his life. So there's a bit of narcissism in the, you know, his movie posters are up in his show about loosely based on his life that definitely didn't go this way. You know? There's definitely a set of meta that, Yes. And meta wasn't necessarily a thing at the time. But that's why that's why like, I'm like I, I blame Kevin Williamson for the fact that meta exists, to be perfectly honest. Like it just Well yeah, the whole scream like, thing of like, oh, it's a horror movie making fun of Yeah, okay. Well it, All right. like they're having the whole conversation about horror films at the lunch table and Josh Jackson's like, you know, like Janet Lee and Psycho. Yeah. And then Dawson's like, or or Jen, I think, is like Drew Barrymore and Scream. And she's yeah. like, oh, a ripoff of a ripoff. Yeah. So okay, so there's a little self-deprecation there. All right, yeah. I won't I won't rip them on that. I, but there's just the first episode, and a lot of the I basically put. I feel like uh, I think that Kevin Williamson is so uh, expressed through the character of Dawson 
And I can't tell if it's, I can't tell if it's a, if here's my thing, it's 2020, right? So I'm looking at it. The show's, you know, 20 years old and I'm looking at it like it's unaware and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And it's so, it's so self-aware that Kevin, Kevin Williamson, it is doing a thing where Dawson is supposed to be terrible. Do you think that? No, that's what. So, so that, I don't. So no, and I don't either. No, 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 no. In order for me to give the, the the benefit of the the doubt, where I go, okay, this isn't Kevin Williamson. Well, Williamson's hubris, and he's not, you know, talking about you know playing these games where they talk down to the high school students and the thing about the dance. Which again, we. <laughs> um. No, I I honestly, and at the time, there are certain things that Dawson does in this episode that I think, to some degree, we thought. Were, were, were cute. Endearing. Sure. In 1998. In 1998. Yeah. We thought we were endearing. Okay. Um, you you know better than me. I can only look at this and I go, this dude's really. And I was in high school at the time. This dude's really possessive. Again, we're in the we're we're in the opening scene of the show, and he's already started manipulating manipulating um Joey because Joey. she does not want to kiss. She she doesn't she doesn't really want to kiss Pacey. She's not super into it. And while he's you know the the way he's like artistically talking down to her as he's you know carving some kind of head with hair on it that we don't know for a second and she's like i don't really you know i don't want to kiss him he's so unkissable he's like will you do it for me which says that he he knows her feelings he you know because in the first episode he's playing this very clueless like what do you mean like we're just friends and we don't you know so he clearly knows that he can manipulate her maybe he doesn't fully know how how much she cares for him but he knows he can like manipulate her but and I, I hate to do this. Oh, God, I hate to do this. In Dawson's defense, when you have a best friend. Sure. Yeah. And okay. you really want them to do something. Yeah, you know the, you know the strings to pull. You know the strings to pull. Got it, like, okay. Even if it's this, even if it's a hetero relation, like, you, yeah, you yeah. know. Yes. Like, there are strings, there are buttons to push, there yes. are things you can do to get them to do what you want. It's just that because the string with Joey is like, pretty pweet, can you, oh. Oh no! Oh, it's please. completely. It would be if, if he was and talking like, to her. And have very kissable lips. Yeah, it's so, it's so like, it's 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 so manipulative that if he was like, "Come on, bro!" Like if he was talking to her like that, I'd go, "All right, well, that, that's the same way he would talk to Pacey." But he exactly. manipulates her in a very specific way. Also, as this conversation is happening in the opening five minutes of this uh, episode, you again. Because I've I've already started to craft Dawson. I'm, as a matter of fact, by the time this is over, I will probably have a compilation of black and white scenes with creepy music playing. Because he is he is doing a I don't know if you've seen the show you, but he is doing yeah. he is doing a he is such a sociopath in so many scenes, including this scene where he's saying to Joey, she's saying, "Oh, all the guys they you know they want to hook up," and he's like, "Well, how impressed would she be with a guy?" who doesn't want it. It's like he's he's cognitively playing Cracking out playing chess. Yes. She thinks he's, he thinks she wants. He's pl- he's approaching it like a chess match like I'm going to be this kind of dude and then she'll feel this way, which is the definition of a sociopath. I mean, he oh, is yeah. no, he's not just that. saying I'm a sensitive guy who doesn't care about and sex he and whatever. doesn't get better for like two seasons. <laughs> like there's nothing redeemable. It's funny cuz you asked me to do this, so I started the rewatch, or I watched the episode that we were doing, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. Like, why not? Understand. I haven't watched this in a while, and I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, Dawson is, 
it's one of those I always knew I was Team Pacey. Like I went into it Team Pacey. Sure. But it makes oh you more Team Pacey. God. Makes you more Team Pacey, huh? Like to an unbelievable amount. I don't know how you can watch the opening five minutes of episode two of the first season and not go, This dude's this dude's nuts, right? I mean, that's that's a crazy thing to say. If I was like, I really like this girl, so I'm going to be everything that I think she wants me to be, as opposed to just presenting, which is what Cliff is doing. My guy oh God, Cliff is I, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a little bit chauvinistic. I'm going to defend Dawson for a second. Okay, so, please. oh, shit. Um, when you're in a new relationship, there is that part of you that you want to yes, present. Yeah, we all, yeah, so we all I, keep the stuff in the I, closet a bit. And I, but not so calculated, you know? Uh, yeah, but I do. I think I think that was more of what they were trying to convey. Sure. Okay. I don't think they were necessarily trying to make him out to be a future serial. Killer. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying, I'll as through 2020 sure. goggles, <laughs> that's how it looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I'm, this was just 1998 flirting, if like, <laughs> maybe this is just how flirting was in 1998, but when you look at it through 2020 vision, I was really bad at flirting. I'm not one to ask. <laughs> I, like I was the Joey, I was the friend zone girl. I was, I mean, you know my sports history. Like I was the one that was like, "Hey, you want to go to a game?" Yeah. Like, and it, all my friends were guys. I had three younger brothers. One that's only a year younger than me. Okay. I I was the Joey. Potter. So you, you <laughs> like, really you super real even at in 1998, Junior Polly super related to Joey's st- character arc and storyline and everything. One thousand percent. Okay, that, so, that's good to know going forward for the rest of the episode. Yeah, okay. I'm like. So it's interesting with Dawson. Like, I think, I think it was a flirting thing. I think yeah. they were trying to make it this. It was meant to be, it was like, meant to play as like, be, this is how much he likes her. He likes her so much. He just yeah. likes her. It, yeah. He's, she's my dream girl. I want to be her dream guy. Here's what I should do. Maybe that's what somebody would say at 15, but instead he says like the, you know, the object of my affections, which is, it's just nobody, yeah. nobody talks like this is my whole thing. As I'm watching the show, every time I watch the show, it's just like nobody talks like this, right? So we get through that scene, and the the objective of uh, Dawson is basically, you know, he oh, big reveal. He after they finish having their conversation about, you know, pa- Joey, you're gonna kiss Pacey in the movie. He turns around the craziest fucking doll head I've ever, and he's been working on this the whole time they're talking. It is the creepiest thing, and Katie Holmes is th- at this time the quintessential girl next door. She's adorable. She's, she's not, she's, she's unassuming. You know, she's very like no makeup pretty. And he turns around uh, uh, the head of an extra from a Lord of the Rings movie. I mean, it is, it well, is ghoulish. It like a high schooler made it. Yeah, but like it, it just looked so bad. <laughs> he could have and, 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 and Katie is absolutely she's, gorgeous. So it's, it's like, just, it was almost like, it was almost like, this is how I see you. Which would make it, you know, because he's so enamored. With kissable lips. With kissable lips. I upgraded you. He's so enamored by Michelle Williams, who I also think is beautiful. But at this time, I I would say, I think Katie Williams is, um, I mean, Katie Holmes is a more attractive person than Michelle Williams uh, at at this time of the show. And he's like, get the hell out of here. the way they shot them, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, Um, but, you know, Jen is supposed to be, you know, I'm from New York. She's got the cool pixie cut haircut. Katie is a good... Yeah, they mentioned that in the show. That's not really coming across him. Is she really abnormal, abnormally well, tall? There's, there's, there's apple boxes. No, oh, yeah. literally, Michelle. Like, I don't know Michelle's exact height, but I know from being on set, like she's Small. close to my height, and I'm just shy of five feet. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So Katie Holmes is what? Like, just shy. Just shy. <laughs> she's 
five six five eight. I guess okay. she's I five eight. Yeah, taller. she's she's like, towering over Michelle there's, Williams. There's yeah. a good bit. Okay. Um, of difference between the two. Um. So, but that leads into one of my favorite scenes that I want to talk about in this episode. Oh, when we get there. We'll get there because I, I I already oh, kind of yeah. yeah I, I think I think <laughs> I think I know the scene you're talking about. So so we we finish we finish with that scene. We've seen this crazy fucking doll head. We're, that's going to come into play later. And we cut to school. Dawson walks into Mister Gold's class. We get a little Easter egg of I know what you did last summer poster on the wall. And he walks yeah. in and continues to manipulate people. He manipulates Mister Gold into sneaking into his class and. You know, oh, I, you know, I have a free period. I, I've just, uh, I just need a place to, you know, study. And I guess, I mean, if it's okay with you, I'll just sit in the back of the class and just be in here. Mr. Gold, Mr. Gold has made it perfectly clear to Dawson that 10th graders are not allowed in this class, but he weasels his way in with his Dawson's manipulation tactics. Mr. Gold Gold is fully aware of the tactic though. Okay. So, okay. So he, 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 he respects it. He respects it, and I think, as we find out later in the episode, okay. this class is full of kind of idiots. Yeah, big so. time. Oh, big time. Oh, big time. <laughs> but uh, an idiot that, listen, so far, degree. so far, we're going to get to it more as we go along, kind of like Cliff. Is he, a, is he a, you know, is he a, is he kind of an empty brain? Yeah, sure. But look at his jawline. So yeah, look at his jawline, and he's so nice. They should have just, they should have made him just more of a meathead and a jerk. He isn't really a jerk, really. Dawson's a huge jerk in this episode and maybe it will, you know, as episodes go on, maybe Cliff comes back into play and he, he makes his jerkness make, you know, apparent, but he doesn't. (laughs) So I mean, he comes back, but he's not a jerk. I, I feel like, especially in this episode, I feel like if James Vanderbeek was to go back in time, not go back in time, but just go back over this episode and put in, uh, you know, voiceover of, you know, psychotic, uh, inner monologue thoughts as he was in these scenes, this show would be, a, you know, a thriller. It would be you. Yeah, exactly. Where he goes, I mean, I don't even I don't even know, Mr. Gold. I would, you know, I just need somewhere to eat my lunch. He'll have to make me be in the class now. I mean, this idiot will fall for anything. If, he, if that was happening. And the principal already said it's okay. So what's he going to do? Oh, my God. I mean, like, he, he already, he's so, like, he's, he's playing, he's walking through life like it's a game of chess. And everybody else is just like. You want to go have a good time? And he's like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to do this. And then I'm, this will happen. And it's so calculated and odd. It's an odd. He's an he's an odd character. OK, so <laughs> I just I just I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And it, it probably is my favorite aspect of the show so far as me tallying up all the reasons that I think Dawson might be a murderer. We're back on to the Tamara and Pacey storyline. Pacey walks into this class and starts laying it on thick on Miss Jacobs, right? He is coming on so confidently and strongly, and it's so clear that she's like, dude, I will go to jail. I, this even I know she's flirting back with him. I, so it's this it's this weird thing. She is in the wrong, obviously. She's a predator, this is statutory rape, all these things. But she is trying to go, I can't do this, man. Like I I, yeah. I want to bang you. You're super charming for a 15-year-old. Some, I, but I, I'm aware that I'll go to prison. And he's like, forget all that. So she turns him down in this scene. You know, she, she sends him on his way. I mean, they're in the classroom. She yeah, and there's a dude. One of the kids in the desk is looking right at them like, them. what is Because they're face-to-face. Also, he's like past her face and basically whispering in her ear with a class coming in before the bell rings. And the kid in the front row is like, what the fuck is going on right now? Are they, are they fucking each other? I mean, that 
that is, th- there's a movie theater scene in the first episode where I go, she would have been fired just because it's so clear that there's some kind of funny goggles. True. So she turns him down in that scene, but it's clear that she's like trying to fight the urge because Joshua Jackson, let's be honest. I know that they're 15 and everything. The dude's charming. The dude's charming. She's absolutely in the wrong. There's no, she's not succumbing to his, you know, awesome charm. She is absolutely wrong, but he's not just coming on strong. It is a little aggressive, but he is, it's aggressive and, and, and charming in a weird way. Like if, if this was two 30 year old people, you go, man, this is, there's so much sexual tension here, but it shouldn't be sexual tension because he's 15 and she's, you know, I don't know, 38, 40. Also this storyline, another Creek fact, Lost the show a sponsor at the time. Procter and Gamble saw this shit and was like, "We're out. This is this is not okay." Which kudos to them because even now it's hard. Like, there's I think it's called the teacher that's on. Yeah, right I now. refuse to watch that show because it is completely different. I've watched the first two episodes. Yeah, the way they frame it is completely different. She is, which is weird, watching like the quintuples actress. Or yeah, whatever that Disney stuff was. I didn't watch it so i don't know exactly what it was <laughs> but um it's weird watching her play a predator and they are they have written at least the first two episodes yeah to make her out to be a predator yeah which i think is something with the miss jacobs and pacey storyline with 2020 it's in reverse yeah it, you don't which is bad it, it honestly. doesn't hold up it yeah doesn't hold up yeah it's it's um, he's it holds up to the, well, this is every high school guy's fantasy. Exactly. Like, exactly. No, that's not true 20 Ex- years later. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, him, being the pre- him being the predator and a lot of the lines that he says in this episode makes it like, yeah, but if I consent, it's it's fine. Um, But it's definitely, it's different. I mean, this was, a, you know, in 1998, Mary Kay Letourneau had already happened, but there haven't been the majority of the ones that you've seen yeah. in the news recently it's the teachers the predator the teachers the the teachers that and at the time the discussion was always well this is a teenage guy's fantasy like there's a hot teacher why wouldn't he want to exactly and you're like but you're kind of praying and it's one of those things as you learn more about pacey's family he was extremely vulnerable yeah to this type of attention well the even in this scene again you know, towards the end, which we'll get to, but just while we're on the topic, it, it fits. She, you know, she's bringing up about how she's saying, you know, hopefully there aren't, you know, there's not any more long lasting, you know, emotional side effects to this whole thing. I'm sorry. She's basically apologizing and making it clear to the, you know, the viewer of this that, you know, I'm aware that this is illegal and I could go to prison and also that I'm mentally abusing you because you're 15 years old and you're not able to really deal with these feelings right now. And she says which all that. 1998 was kind of actually good sure but then it all gets thrown down the, the toilet movies didn't. it all gets thrown down the toilet when he cast he casablanca you know pulls her and dips her and, and kisses her and you go oh well then never oh, mind then. so <laughs> so um uh but yeah so moving on from you know that whole exchange between uh miss jacobs and pacey we're now in the cafeteria and we're finding out that you know dawson there's a deadline he needs to get this this movie finished and i need all hands on deck everybody has to you know fall in line uh, Pacey makes it clear once again, listen, um, I'm not super thrilled about kissing Joey as much as she's kissing me. Now, this whole kissing aspect of this episode. just That is the whole episode. That is the whole episode. It was such a like, 
and I remember, you know, you rem- like your first kiss, if it's, if it's memorable, it's memorable, right? So when I was in high school, I was, I was a freshman in high school. I was in computer lab, and there was this girl. Her name was Danielle, right? She had a tattoo of cherries on her chest, which was like unheard of to be a freshman. In high- she was also a freshman in high school. So I was like, this is nuts. And we were in computer lab, and she had a Jolly Rancher, like the, the, the hard candy, and I, I asked her if, and again, I'm, I'm 14 years old. I don't know anything about a fucking thing. I asked her if I could have a Jolly Rancher. She sticks the, this is, we're in class. Like everybody's at a computer. The, the teacher's in the middle of the classroom. Class you're on Dawson's Creek moment. Yes, class is in session. We're, we're in the, well, not really because we're in the middle of the class. It's nuts. To this day, I'm still like, man, this girl was advanced. I asked her if I could have a, <laughs> I asked her if I could have a Jolly Rancher. She sticks the Jolly Rancher out. On her and holds it on her teeth, and just waits there. So I was like, "I guess I, I, I you know, I'll take." It. This is happening in my head. I played it off pretty cool, but I went in. I got the Jolly Rancher, and I almost just like exploded in that. Room. I almost blew up, like exploded into flames. It was it was the most insane. Like, and that was my first kiss. Obviously, you have like you know, you're eight, and you know that that those little pecks and everything. But like my first sensual kiss was in a class, in the middle of a class, and, you know, in, in, it was insane. It was like something from the, what's that, what's that, uh, um, that movie where the, 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 with the threesome with Nev Campbell and, uh, and, uh, oh, wild thing. yeah, it was like, it was like a wild things moment. You know, I was like, it was insane. So for everybody to be so obsessed with kissing in this, in this episode, and then to see the, except for the, 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 the most like intense kiss was probably the Pacey, and Jen kiss, which was just on 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 the script. Which I mean, hilarious on, on, yeah, and fantastic within the movie. But like the, the kisses that they were, it was well, such Casey's a. Casey's the only one that kisses anyone that episode. That's true. Like everyone else. Yeah, Dawson just dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never mind. I mean, but, it's one of those. You're, it's funny because you're talking about your first kiss, and I was has I was watching this episode. Obviously, kissing is the main message of this episode. Yes. I'm trying to like think, and we've established now that I'm much older than you um but i was (laughs) i was thinking about first kisses not my first kiss because i think it was at like a ball game that was boring and whatever that's romantic that's like a that's like a fucking jimmy fallon romantic comedy it was boring not exciting but i was trying to think since then like first kisses that have had those moments or those moments that mitch and gail talk about later is I think I've had four my entire life, two of which were with the same person. And it just, it kind of over puts pressure, especially like yeah. on 15 year olds. Yeah. When you're building up, you know, anticipation for it and thinking about it and, you know, it's never going to live up to those opportunities, th- those expectations because you're both 15 years old. I had no expectations and it ended up being like the most insane thing of my, of my life at the time. Like I should, I should write a, I should write a letter to Penthouse about this. This is like, this is so salacious, right? It's adorable. <laughs> so, um, so from that scene, um, we're going into it's Mr. Gold's film class time, and now we're introduced to Cliff, and he's lording over the class about, hey guys, look, check this out. I'm the star of the football team. The movie that we're gonna do as the class film is an autobiography about my life, writing, starring, and directing in it, and it's gonna be um super cool and he's completely like phases out the teacher and just kind of holds court in the classroom he's like there's any questions just come right to me i mean i lived it and i'm like funny side note you learn later 
that football team hasn't won a game in three years. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I... That's why the announcement at that's the beginning of the episode is so funny. They're like, we're holding the victory dance. We have faith. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so from there, you know, Joey and Dawson are in the hallway. They're having one of their, you know, classic back and forths about, you know, film, filmography. And, you know, all, you know, they always have these really long winded, just intellectual discussions where I'm like, listen, I know that artsy, cool kids. Those are my favorite kids in high school. Those are the kids that I was like uh, enamored by. I was like, oh, my God, you guys have so much confidence in the things that you like to do. Though we don't we still kissed and did other stuff. I know, but I'm but 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 to them, I would never want to be around these people. It's all just no, so insufferable. Just conversation. Yeah, it's just not like, cool. It's not cool. Like did stuff. Yeah, it's not just uh, I just can't stand it. But in, in the middle of them having this conversation, you know, and Dawson's professing his love to Jen in front of Joey, and you know, she's not dealing with that very well, and boom, Cliff's making his fucking move. And it's not very smooth, but he, you know, it's smooth enough to it, it is adorable it is and now i will say that after the first episode i thought dawson and jen had a very sweet moment where you know she goes like i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend we kissed that was a that was a moment that i had i thought was very adorable and then in this scene she not only you know kind of in my opinion flirts back with um cliff and you know you know, says I'll, I'll consider Guys. i'll consider you know going to check out the town or whatever offer he makes and then he's like okay cliff you know, all right, Jen, short for Jennifer. And she's like, all right, Cliff, short for Clifford. And then she just walks past Dawson. Now, they've been filming movies after school. I would at least call them friends. And she walked past the two of them like they didn't exist. And I go, you know, I mean, they're right there. That was odd for them to, like, right after school, they go film movies together and stuff. I mean, not that even like a hey. Twice. I think it was a way just for them to get out of the scene. I don't think it was necessarily intentional. Yeah, but I read into um, everything. So I go, you know, was she flirting with Cliff? On purpose, which she isn't. I, that's made clear throughout the rest of the show where she's just like, Jen is like, I'm new in town. I'm just having a good time. Some of the stuff that she did. Actually, you know, I take that back because the message by the end of the show is like, I wanted you to do what Cliff is doing. But that wasn't really made clear because she's very much throughout the episode like, all right, well, you know, see you later. It's never like, do you want to go to the, you know, do this or okay. Are you like, it made it out like Dawson was being gun shy the whole episode. And I well, didn't feel like was. she, like, he was, no but, but he was, but it wasn't made clear that she was wanting him to shoot the gun. You know, it, it just, she kind of seemed indifferent the whole episode. And maybe indifference well, is the, the emotion yeah. of a person who is like up, upset with a lack of action, but it just felt like she was like, listen, man, I don't know. I'm going to the dance. I don't, you know. See, here's my thing. I don't think it's that she was upset about a lack of action. I think she absolutely would have won. Like if Dawson had asked first, she would have said yes. Okay. But. I believe that. After, I you know, think yeah. part of it is is that Dawson is so in his head and psychopathic and all those lovely things about Dawson that he has no desire to go to a school dance. So it doesn't occur to him that this yes. new person in town might is think 15? going to a dance. <laughs> She's 15. It's a 15-year-old girl. She, <laughs> she only knows the guy next door mm -hmm. and his friends. So he doesn't seem to think that she would want to go to a dance where she could actually meet more people. A 15 year old. It's just more yeah. of like the selfish. Yes. It's the Dawson very, of it all. Yeah. It's the Dawson he of it just, all. He doesn't see other people's. He's like, we all, we all, we all like think high school is, you know, superfluous and we all just want to kind of go home and, you know, analyze Steven Spielberg films. That's what we all want to do. Right. 
And it's like, no, man, we're 15. Yeah. Like, no, that's not what we want to do. So, okay. so that being said, when we get to a scene coming up in a minute, I'm going to confess something that is a little embarrassing. I look forward to it. So, um, <laughs> so that's all wrapped up. We're now, we're now in the, in the Leary home. And this is probably for me, there's a couple of crazy scenes in this episode, but this is probably the, the one of the crazy, this is, this to me, this is the craziest scene. So Dawson comes downstairs. He is, you know, looking for his camcorder and the dad who is, I, you know, I know you, you had, you had to think about Brad Pitt, but listen, the dad's, the dad's certified beefcake. Am I wrong? Right or wrong? Right. Oh, you were completely correct. Okay. Not to mention the fact that he played the flash on a television show before this. Oh, and I'm a I, DC comics person. I wasn't aware and of that. He, he later plays. The Flash's dad on the current iteration of I didn't, The Flash on I didn't, know any, I didn't know any yeah, of Yeah, John Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he's hot. His um, name's John Wesley Snipes? I think it's Snipe or Snip. Oh, okay. I was like, he should get but a sad card. Wesley, yeah. Okay, I was no, like, he should. He's, he's, he's beefcake. He's a dreamboat. And, yeah. and also, he is a sexual being all day, every day. Uh, you know, and he, he goes, uh, Hey dad, have you seen my camcorder? Yeah. Check on your mom's side of the bed. You know, we were using it. You're like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, this is crazy. Love it. You know, they, they walk, he can't, Dawson is constantly now. Now uh, he, he, he is very much, he is anti-sex a lot through the first two episodes. And I'm like, maybe his parents just bang so much that he is, he just hates sex now, which he kind of mentions a couple of times. But anyway, so he, you know, he makes a little snarky comment about his dad's thing, which is, you know, that's fair. Don't use your, that's your son's prized possession. Like your, your son wants to be a director when he grows up. Because you know he doesn't <laughs> yeah, have he can't, a job. He so, like, buy a camcorder. It for him. Is it, maybe it's their camp. No, he says my camcorder. I was going to say, maybe it's their yeah, camcorder. No, no. And they're like, look, man, it's our camcorder. And if we want to make fuck films with it, that's our business. And then you can use it to make your little movies. No, it's his. They bought it for his 12th birthday. Yeah, so it's his. And then they use that's So that, that's dirty. That's dirty and that's dark. And I don't like that. And they shouldn't, they shouldn't use his prized possession for that. That's what he likes to do. And th- this scene to me, I would rather watch Jason Biggs fuck the pie 50,000 times. This is so much weirder to me Can for Dawson some reason. Learn to kiss? Learning to kiss on this homemade face of Katie Holmes that looks terrible. They have this, it, and oddly, it, it plays, it is a sweet father-son moment, right? There's music playing. He's talking about how much he loves um, uh, Dawson's mom, which, you know, I mean, juxtaposition that with what's history. going on. Oh, that, yeah, with the, you know, uh, oh, the chapstick, the chapstick. And it was adorable, right? So, again, the big, the big, uh, the big crux of the first episode to me was like, I don't under they're they're not doing a good job of making it clear why Mrs. Leary is having an affair because, you know, I mean, obviously it's more than physical, but Mr. Leary's a beefcake. He worships the ground that she walks on. And again, we've had discussions about we had discussions about this in this episode already, but it's like the female characters are written so poorly that I feel like if a woman had written Mrs. Leary, they would have gone. Well, first thing we're going to do is we're going to swap Bob and Mr. Leary. Because it makes more sense that you'd be having an affair with a beefcake. Second of all, we're going to dial back the affection that they show each other. Because I don't understand. I don't know if you'd necessarily switch the actors. Well, Bob, I think think Bob's just like, he looks like, you know, a dude. He just looks like a regular guy. Where Mr. Leary is like, if I felt like, you know, Bob was... Well, they, they didn't write it this way. But if I felt like Bob was providing her something other than, you know, Mr. Leary's just like, hey, let's have sex. You know, it's like that scene in Gone Girl where, you know, uh, ben, ben, ben Affleck has sex with uh, his wife on the mirror. And he's like, let's go to Outback, huh? It's like so it's like purely physical. And you go, OK, well, the physical part's there. But then they're, they're, 
there's so much left on the table for her to be satisfied. But so I'll be honest, I think the writers were trying to create sympathy for Dawson because they'd written him to be such a jackass. Um, that being said, if I were writing, I, I think Gail was looking for excitement, which okay, I don't really from Bob has <laughs> just. From just, just, just like she and yes. Mitch have been together for 20 something or almost 20 something years at this point. Like, it's just such a beefcake, I think she was though. looking for something different. But that being said, they did lots of things that I think would have added excitement. So, I yeah. don't really think that I would have switched the personas, but the supportiveness and the playfulness like, I would have taken things. I wouldn't necessarily switch the actors, I would have taken things out of the personality. Well, I'm just I'm saying both. I'm saying both, but I'll we'll keep we'll keep Mr. Leary. He can stay beefcake oh, no. and just you you covered enough true crime, don't you know? Like the person you cheat with is not yes yes for sure. But a good looking I, person, like you're getting something from them. It has nothing. Nine times out of ten, has nothing to do with the looks. Absolutely, that's that's so, that is that is a great point. And I just I think I'm just so fixated on how well, no, much of a sexual being Mr. Wesley Snipes is, um, and. And also how endearing he is. The, the, the chapstick story. He watches her every night as she when she does the news. I mean, it's like what what is? And that's why I say that if he wasn't such eye candy, and this was just some you know some 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 skinny man that she's been with for twenty years, and he loves her, and she's just like, I need a thrill, like unfaithful, right? Richard Gere. Still handsome, Silver Fox in that movie, but he's like, you know, we have a kid, you know, life is we're we're in the we're in the mundane stage. It just every day's every day. And then here comes fucking Suave McSwaverson with his Italian accent and and just changes things up. So if if Bob was Mr. Leary, I go, Oh, okay, I see. He you know, and he he drops her off in his Brad Pitt for Bob. And then it would have Well, I mean, nuts. I then I would have understood. I wouldn't even I wouldn't have been like <laughs> I wouldn't have been like, this is wrong what you're doing. I've been like, oh, I get it, man. I, I, Mrs. Leary, we get it. But when you juxtaposition what's happening downstairs with Dawson and the dad, and this is the adorable moment, and she's upstairs in the family home in a closet having, you know, sexy time talks with, with Bob on the phone. And then, you know, Katie Holmes, I mean, uh, Joey, come, Joey comes in using this ladder that's always affixed to the side of the house that she uses, which that isn't a thing, right? I mean, 1998, you're a junior in high school. How many times were you climbing a ladder to go into a friend's house? Not sneak into uh, a party or something. Like, just, that's just how, I, I don't no. use the front door. And, you know, I just use the ladder. It just isn't a thing. Uh, that's very no, much. I had a guy best friend that we actually, like, slept over at each other's houses. Sure. Use the front we door. Close, but we used the front door. There like was, a fucking, there was no ladders. Like involved. a person. <laughs> this is the, I had this conversation the first episode. I, this is going to be a perpetual thing of this, of this podcast because I'm sure that this always is a thing. The 90s was always trying to convince people that, yeah, you just grab the ladder and you just go into your friend's room. Boy Meets World. You know, uh, there's episodes of the, the show yeah. Smart Guy. They're just like, oh, yeah, you, you, the, the ladder. Just take the ladder. Don't use the front door. The well, ladder. And here's another, like, script soup point that drives me crazy about this particular scene uh -huh. with Gail in the closet. We already know from episode one, they have a cordless phone. Yes. <laughs> so why the fuck is she with the cord in the in the linen closet? Like, why? What's well, a plot device? Why? So that Well, no, because in order for her to fumble, I guess she fumbles. In the closet. Well, Joey kind of follows the line. Yes. Well, that it was a plot device. Yes. Yeah. Total plot device. <laughs> but it was also like complete bullshit. Like if you're cheating on your husband 
and you want to be inconspicuous. You need the court. And you phone. know you have random teenagers in your house. Yes. Despite only having one child. Use the cord phone the to cord go into the closet. Right? Yeah, use the the so there's a, a literal trail of breadcrumbs that takes them right to you in the closet. And then you Why? go, what are, what are you doing in the closet? Uh, um, <laughs> you're folding. I'm folding linen. You have to make some lie up while you have the phone in there. Bill collector. So it's just set up for such a uh, in a, in a, a weird conversation. Anyway, yeah. Joey catches her in the act, and she informs Mrs. Leary that I know, I know what you did last summer and last week as well. The whole idea that she's cheating seems crazy from Dawson, you know, when it's in the first episode, because he's like, she it says, Bob, get less crazy. she says, Bob. Like, so, you know, so that's the only like, you know, that's the only exposition that we have to go. Oh, th- here's the little nugget of that. His Dawson might think thinks his mom's cheating. That's all we get. If they would have extended finding uh, Joey, seeing her mom kiss the guy and then we see more stuff. Then well, maybe there be. This was the first season order. They only had an order of thirteen oh. episodes. So they were they you it was it was it was. They didn't know if they were going to get renewed. They didn't know. It was script soup. They were throwing what they, was going to yeah. happen. They were throwing so throwing everything had in there. Thirteen episodes to kind of reach all these arts. So they were going big. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because you don't know if you're going to get order for season two. So you kind of want right, to. That's you, the TV producer coming up and me. No, that makes but that makes total up. sense though because you want to make sure you fulfill all the character arcs. In the first season, just in case you you want to make sure your vision's done, but if you in case you don't get a second season, mm-hmm. so so anyway, yeah. After we get a glimpse of his shitty awful movie, and we see his you know his uh his uh you know his uh prop used in the scene, his head gets hit off. There's blood everywhere. Oh no, Joey is smattered in blood, and we get treated to a nice, uh, sweet slash incredibly sensual moment for 1998, where uh, uh Jen is now washing Joey. And um, they're having this nice moment, and she's ragging her down and complimenting her breasts. And uh, "Flames of Truth" by Sarah Mason is playing. It's it's kind of scoring this. It's mostly a sweet moment, but this is definitely like you know for the teenagers boys that were watching this. This is this is a little something. Am I wrong in that? I mean, it's a spank bank moment. I feel like for, for 1998. For 1998, on for 1998, this is pretty salacious. I mean, she's like, "Let me it's, take your top off, and I'll put the the towel around you." But watching it has a female in 2020. Like, I understand, and I feel like Williamson and Stupin and all those guys were trying really hard to show this female empowerment, female bonding moment. Got it. And they just fall fucking short. They're it just. Because they have this moment where they both compliment each other, but at the same time, they're like, yeah, I hate my body. I hate yeah. my body, too. And it's kind of like, but first of all, you're both Hollywood actresses who are <laughs> yes. raw, dead, fucking gorgeous. <laughs> and I'm saying that seeing them in person. Yes. Like, they're just fucking gorgeous. Of course. So the to have this, my face looks like a duck. I look duck. like a duck. Where? No. There's Where, no Michelle? part. Like... Michelle is adorable and wonderful and kind and thoughtful. Like there is no part of her that remotely resembles a duck. Well, they 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 had to even pull back because it's so ridiculous sounding that she's like my hips do this thing. Like she just like just had to like say something like you know my arms are like long. There's a part of me that wonders if Jen was like or if Michelle was reading this and she's like. I gotta add something. This sounds stupid. And she's like, yeah, my (laughs) hips do this thing because I got. Just from listening to her publicly speak at these award shows and everything else, there's there's got to be a part of. I think she was like nineteen twenty at the time. Yeah. Then Michelle was like, "Yeah, this is stupid. I'm gonna just 
ad lib a little bit of this because yeah. there's just, nothing. Yeah, this isn't good. I don't like this. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, every don't get me wrong. I think every person, not just women, thinks there's something wrong with their body. Absolutely. Their yes, looks. absolutely. Absolutely. But and I, I do think it could have something. just been, it could have just been a sweet moment between two women instead of having to be like, let me self-deprecate because, you know, you know, but I get I guess it I guess he was trying to tap into what you just said of like, you know, we all have things that and, 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 and Joey probably has Jen on this pedestal of like, why does Dawson like her so much more than me? And I feel like maybe she everybody, everybody on the show knows how Joey feels about uh, Dawson. Except Dawson. Except Dawson. So I think Jen clearly sees that, like, you like Dawson. I'm not going to get involved in that, but let me tear myself down a bit so that you're like... so You're just as beautiful as me. Yes. We're going to be friends. And it almost... I will say one of the things that I find most interesting about that scene that I feel like doesn't pay off quite as well as it should have was the fact that it almost appears that Jen's main goal out of this friend group is to make sure that she and Joey are friends. Yes. Yes. Clearly like above anything else. As a matter of fact, she goes, I'm going to make it really like, hard for you to not like me. And I think that's because that's something that she lacked coming to Cape side. Yes. She wanted, and I don't want spoilers, but I mean, Jen, clearly something crazy happened in New York, right? I don't oh want to. So, so there's things that they reveal later in this season. And then there's things they like, the Something New nuts York is coming, right? Of what happened, yeah. You don't get the full payoff until much, much oh. later. She says some things where I go, "What the fuck? You're 15. Well, okay. She's already quit smoking so, cigarettes. You know, she's she like, what? Where? What were you doing in New York? She was having sex. I mean, okay, but that they make the it sound way every fucking scene in this show. Okay. She's having sex. They make it sound so much so, darker than that. Yeah, but. And there is more to it. And okay. Learn about it I'll, look much later. I'll look forward to um, it. But I will say there is a trauma to Jen that Michelle Williams, I think even not knowing how, what the complete backstory was, yeah. plays into so well. Just knowing, I'm sure Kevin and Paul sat her down and were like, you're going, this is, this is a little bit of your backstory. We're yeah. finishing out these things. We need you to play it towards this. And I feel like you really see it at the end of this episode. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. I, also, just being two episodes in, she's so disassociative. Like, she has this kind of, she's so nihilist and, like, I don't believe well, in God. Well, there's a PTSD and, to it. Yeah, so, so that's not, why I'm like, it's so clear to me that something dark has happened. And you're telling me that the pe- you don't really find out the full details for a while. It bums me out because... It's like I'm gonna continue to. I'm gonna wonder. I'm gonna wonder to so hard. Arc. Okay. Well, then, good. So it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna pay off in a sad. It's gonna. It's gonna pay off in a in a way that's makes sense. It does. Okay. Because I just. And I feel like I will it's, tell you this one small portion that I don't think is gonna ruin it because it won't ruin the emotion for it. The okay. person that's with her when all of this comes about. Mm-hmm. Joey. It's that'll that'll pay, that'll pay of off it. nicely because right now I'm two episodes in Joey is not a fan of Jen. And in that yeah, moment, even for quite a while. in that moment, even she kind of got her a little bit. And then she said something where it's like, that's the nicest thing you said to me. And she's like, Oh, the well, I fucking. will say has the friend zone girl. Most of my life, you, the girls, first of all, your friends make you be nice yeah. to the girls that are interested in. Oh, okay. Like that is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. 
Like I was the friend that got taken to random events because I had to be the buffer to make sure that everybody was nice to this new girlfriend, this new friend that was a girl, but maybe somebody wanted to date. And I was just, it's exhausting. And that is so, especially if there's somebody in that friend group that you like. Yeah, I get that, man. Okay. So yeah. So this character really. Uh, it's triggering probably for you because in this episode, it's like, hey, come to the dance with me uh, as an, an, as my uh, prop to, you know, Basically, as yeah. deflector. Right. So mm-hmm. before we before we get to the dance, though, um, so they have that nice moment, uh, uh, Joey and and, uh, and, 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 Jen. and Jen and um, right after that, they're finishing the scenes for the movie and it's now uh, Joey's dead. And Jen is now in place for Pacey. They have a, a moment on the scene and uh, Pacey lays one on Jen, something vicious. And now we get a little foreshadowing. We've already had a bunch of foreshadowing, not only in the first episode, but in this episode as well, of his obsessive and possessive energy that he's putting all he's really he's putting so all his chips in on Jen. And she just got to town 48 hours ago. <laughs> he's, you know, so like, he's like, he he is so toxic. It's and insane. It's, He's like, hey, yeah. stop. Jen, are you okay? Now, when it was Joey that was supposed to kiss Pacey, okay, man, I don't want to hear any more lip about the up. lip. It's acting, everything. Now he sees Jen kiss Pacey, cut the scene. The scene doesn't make any sense. Are you okay? He basically was like, are you, like he was going to call like a human, uh, a human resources on, on, on Pacey. Uh, and I Jen- will say, this is going to sound really bad. And I apologize. And maybe it wasn't bad. I don't know. Shoot. But men in general. Okay. I'm with you so far. Are much more protective over people they have a romantic vision with. Well, I mean, that's just, yeah. That's the, that's the horribleness of men. The people who are friends, who they know best, who they know, like, there is. No, that's the awfulness of men. When you're in the friend zone, people Mm -hmm. are like, "Eh, they can handle it. They got it. I'm good somebody in your romantic realm something happens you're like ah fuck that shit are you okay do yes. you need i will confront this person it, yeah yeah no that's the horribleness of and men it's bullshit yeah, because that's the, the truth no. is they're it's the same equal. thing yes uh yeah. you should make sure that a woman you should make sure anybody's is, is comfortable period it shouldn't just be like well i want i want Absolutely. i want to sleep with that person so how dare you move into my possession that's really is the energy that he has it's like no she's mine which he has throughout yeah. the entire episode. And he, you know, it starts to rear its ugly head a little bit with, with Pacey. But, you know, it's his friend. So it's like, whatever, man. I, it's my movie, but it's canceled. I don't want to see that anymore. It makes me uncomfortable to see the girl that I like kissing uh, uh, my friend or any man. So, you know, he cancels that, breaks everything up, and they, they, they rap for the day. And, and Pacey's really excited because he's, gonna, he's got a hot date in his mind <laughs> with, you know, the girl yeah. of his dreams. And this is now, to me, this is the... Again, I overanalyze everything, but everybody breaks, and you know, mach- you know, Jen. You're perfect for this. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 like, so, Jen that is Dawson's creek. <laughs> yes. The whole point is a realization. <laughs> so Jen is leaving, and and Dawson catches up with her, and he says to her, "This is the to me. This is the this is the second craziest scene, just because there's no uh, beheaded prop, but he says to her. So, in honor of the school dance tonight, I've rented Saturday Night Fever, staying alive in Greece. In lieu of going? Yeah. It'll be a John Travolta night of interpretive expression. You see, this way we can dance and our feet never have to move. I, I can't, Dawson. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, you have more enticing plans? 
Oh, actually, I'm gonna go to the dance. Oh. I'm sorry, I didn't know you wanted to do the whole no. movie night thing. It's okay. <laughs> are you going? On, are you going alone? No, actually, uh, Cliff Elliott asked me. He thought it'd be a good way for me to meet some new people. The idea that you know, oh my God, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm gonna rent. Uh, uh, remember the Titans and Varsity Blues, and we're gonna have a football themed day. But watch the Super Bowl. Who wants to do that? No, we're gonna enjoy cinema. But the cinema will be themed of the the theme of the day, which is that's that's psychotic to me. That's crazy. Okay. So because why not just watch whatever movie you want? That I was gonna have a confession later. Please, please. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. Confession okay. time. Confession. So, um, first of all, I went to prom. We had our whole thing. Sure. Of course. I was not a big partier in high school. Okay. So my group of people, and we stayed till the end of prom. We danced. We had a great time. Uh huh. Um. My group, my friend group, mm-hmm. came back to the house. Um, I had rented Carrie prom night. <laughs> prom night <too>. <laughs> <laughs> that means that Did, we actually went, like, the plan was to go to the dance. Yeah, but you went to the dance, though. Films. How were your movie rentals received by your group, though? I mean, you're refreshed from prom. Junior prom? Senior prom. Oh, senior prom. Okay, well, see, okay, well, yeah. yeah. So, how was it received, though? Everybody know me knew me very very well. Sure. So it was received like okay, this is normal. And yeah. I had a pool table and others like okay, yeah. It was a, it was a watch the movie. Yeah, it was. But there there was like, other like, things seven. to do. I think there were seven of us. Okay, an intimate gathering though. That's still kind of a party. He's saying there's a happening party. He's saying in competition with the dance, I want to watch John Travolta movies, just me and you, and and analyze them. For their, you know, musical prowess and dance moves and whatever, and the, the the shots that are used in them, instead of not after, because what you're describing sounds like an after party. It's like it's a chill after party. party. I'm sure there was like some brunettes hanging around, or so, there was something. My uncle had bought a spoon's farm. Look, yeah, That's there you go. You this is a happening time. You know, you guys are in your sweats or whatever you put on or bag you brought to take off your prom dress. This is a chill. You guys went to the dance. He wants to be the competition to the dance with Travolta movies. That's insane to me. No, what you did is super different because you went to the dance. Yeah, no, we had a great time. Went, exactly. We you go to the, if he would have yeah. said, hey, Jen, do you want to go to the dance with me? And then afterwards we watched some John Travolta movie. She would be like, oh, my God, I would love that. Sounds so fun. But instead he's like, huh, listen, I already know that you're so anti like I am that you would never want to go to some conformist bullshit like a school dance. So well, I yeah, rented I all these movies just, and be presumptively assuming that you don't want to go to the dance either. And she's like, uh, no, I, I love to dance. I think he assumes that because he is physically attracted, because let's face it at this point, he really knows nothing, nothing. about Jen. Like he Except knows that she's from New York. Apparently she's come into town a couple of times as they were growing up. Yes. But, but she, that, she's from the like big he, city of New York. So he's, he's from the big city. He's created this person in his head of like, she's he cool. And on she listens to the doors and you know, she, you know, she's very uh, alt. Yeah. We find out later. She's very angry. Check music, which is part of the reason. Doesn't surprise me at Jen. all. She tells her grandmother. Yeah. She's a, she's, she's an atheist at 15 years old. Yeah. And she doesn't like bre- breakfast eggs. This is, that doesn't surprise me at all. She's into like, the fucking the violet fems and fucking you know whatever you know that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all i i i think i like jen i just kind of think that her character's too self-assured for to be 15 years old 
the first couple episodes and it kind of, it changes, it actually changes during season one or actually they are written through Dawson's eyes. And then you find out Jen's not, not any of the things he's put, put, made her out to be. Not at all. Okay. And I mean, I'm a huge Liz Fair person. So at some point much later in the show, she's talking with another person and they're like, what's your favorite album? She's like, X off from Guyville. And I was like, yes, still one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Like, super angry like chick music I love angry chick music I know like how much did Julia Michaels miss out on the fact that this is 20 years later okay so this now this was they would have used her every episode it's funny that you bring that question up because there is a there is a question I, I'd like to ask all of my guests or, or you, you will be the first one that I asked because it came to me after I've recorded episode one but um as you know you actually brought the brought this to my attention before i started watching the show um netflix did not license paula cole's i don't want to wait for the show so it does not play in the show at all you won't ever hear it if you could have one artist of your whoever you want at any time or whatever cover paula cole's i don't want to wait who would you pick you know it's funny because this was the perfect transition because after, especially I'm now in season five of my rewatch uh-huh. that you have created, you've created a monster. Yes. Good. I'm glad. Um, which I actually found out you can see me in two other episodes. I didn't know about. So, oh my God. Hey, you'll be but, back. You'll be back. Um, three, you'll be back three more times. Yes. <laughs> so that being said, I think I would have Julia Michaels cover it. Like okay. I can't, like, I think she would be perfect for that. I don't want to wait. Yes. I like that. Me. And be, I'm going to say this on mic because I think I'm going to speak it into fruition. I would pick Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, I love Phoebe Bridgers. And I, I see that. I think that she'd do a slow version and it would be so, because that song's really dark. I mean, you let, it's so like, oh, it's, so, it's dark. so in my head that, you know, you just, man, 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 it, you think it, it tricks you because it's little, it's kind of upbeat a little, like the tempo is a little up, but the, but the lyrics but the are so dark. Is, oh yeah. It's, um, it's like one is, is she had two babies. I want to know right now what will it be? No, I don't want to wait. Yeah. For a to be over. Yeah. What will it be? Or will it be? Mm. Or will it be? Yes. Or will it be? And then she just leaves it open until the end. And she's like, sorry. Just abandoned. There's so much Wait. abandonment, and there's something about babies. I think that the somebody well, a, a lover a left her coming back from war. Yeah, he ends up like he's disabled. You find out like he's got shrapnel or whatever, and he's but oh, yeah. he lives on and has grandkids. Like there's all these different elements to that song. Yeah, from uh, Dawson being shut down and um, um, uh, Jen revealing that she's going to the dance with Cliff Elliott. Uh, you know, because he asked. Because he asked, and and Dawson one of the best lines by Joey the entire. Yeah, and Dawson episode. did not. He's so confused. Which you know, speaking of, we cut to you know him with his plan B. You know, he, he couldn't get Michelle Williams. I mean, he couldn't consolation prize. He could. He couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't get Jen to go and watch these movies with him. So of course he calls. He calls Joey, who will happily come and do whatever. She'll hang out because she loves him, and he is spiraling. Cliff Elliott, what's that about? I don't get it. How could she be attracted to? Him? What's he got? Well, we could start with his chest measurement and work down. No, no. No, no. Be- beyond the external. There's nothing going on up here. It's head fumes. The guy's he's a lightweight. His script is ludicrous. His story sense is even worse. I don't think his cinematic prowess is the attraction, Dawson. What kills me is she was so open about it, you know? Like, well, I'm going to the dance with Cliff. Like, it wouldn't bother me. I'm, I, mean, I respect her candor and all, but it's a little on the thoughtless side. Completely thoughtless. 
there's so many times in this show where he'll be going on these weird psychotic monologues and they'll just cut to Joey and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> like he's, I mean, he's, he's going into a thing where it's like, they're probably at the dance right now. And then he's holding the small of her back and then he leans in for a kiss and she's, you know, they're talking about how good the music like is. He's writing a fucking romance novel. Yeah. He's nuts. He, every, like- everything's a movie to him. So he like, he, he narrates it so in detail and in depth, but out loud where people are like, Dude, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Are we gonna watch Boogie Nights or like what is? I mean, what is? What are we doing? So, um, she's super, you know, odded out. But then she hits him with that line, like, "What did I do?" He's, well, he, he asked her, and then he gets in his mind, like, "I'm gonna." What does Dad tell him? He's like, "We're I'm, gonna go to the dance." We're gonna go to the dance, but he also says some line where it's like, "I'm gonna get the kiss," or "I'm gonna." He said something. I'm gonna get the girl. Yes, my, my kiss or something like that. Something. Whatever his dad said, he repeats it to Joe, and she's like, "Whatever, man." And he goes in the closet and puts on the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen in my life. I understand that you know, boys to men was out at the time. You know, vests were in, and I get that. But the combination of colors that he—it was like a taupe and a olive green, and then a brown. Ve- he looked like Robin Hood. Oh yeah, this was pre their American Eagle. Yeah, I mean he looked ridiculous. Everything was wardrobe. everything was so big. He had on his little you know string necklace with the jewel on it, and with his hair, he just looked ridiculous. And then he tells Joey, you know, hey, um, I'm gonna, I gotta fix my hair. So Joey goes. That's down, one of my favorite moments. Like, like, I gotta get my hair right. Like, what are you? What? <laughs> Whatever, man. I, Dawson is a ridiculous person. So Joey, <laughs> Joey goes downstairs. And we, we, we see that um, uh, Mrs. Leary, Claire, I don't know her. I'm, I'm so proper with them. Mrs. Gail. Leary, Gail, Mr. Leary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. My daughter's us. middle name. Oh, it is? Is that a coincidence, Polly? It's Tell me my it's... grandmother's middle name. My okay. grandmother's actual All right. name. Oh, that's fine then. Lead with that. Yeah, nothing to do with Dawson's Lead with that next time. <laughs> We're on a Dawson's Creek podcast. I was like, did you fucking... <laughs> I'm just such a fan of Mrs. Of all the characters, too. Like, I'm such a fan of Mrs. Mrs. Leary. So Mrs. Leary and Mr. Leary are in the kitchen, and Mrs. Leary's getting ready for a hot day with Bob, but she's framed it as some kind of work meeting. Now, what well, Mrs. In defense, I think it was a work meeting. She was just going to stay late. No. They were. That's what her and Bob were talking about on the phone. This was prearranged. She brings it the doggy back. It might have also been. Polly. Listen, <laughs> I'm not doing this with you, okay? We all know when you put on the Elaine Bennis blazer dress, which I'm a big fan of. I think it's a very underrated look. I think it can still be pulled off in 2020. I'm a fan of that. I like a blazer. Like, I, well, nobody pulls it off better than Julia Louis Dreyfus, but. Often on my show days. Yes, doc, it's. And Dr. Phil. Yes, like, it's it a great look. With, I'm doing a fair <laughs> I was just like, it's a show day. I need I need a. Suit, blazer, skirt thing, suit. I think it's a great look. Day. I think it's a great look. It's a very attractive look, but it's professional. It has has multi functions. Nobody pulls it off better than Julia Louis Dreyfus to me, like I said. But it, so I call it the Elaine Bennis outfit. But okay. I think it's I think it's a great look. You know, so she, you know, I thought that that was a sexier outfit to be going to a work meeting. So I don't think she was just going to a work meeting, Polly. We all know what well, was no, up was with the cord in the closet. Event. We know what was going on in the closet. Those two events. I will defend Mrs. Leary <laughs> to my grave. I can see that. So like, uh, even her affair part, I will. Wow. Gail is no. Gail is one of the most interesting characters I think throughout the entire series. Well, I, it is I, yeah. probably she and Graham's are probably the two most well written. I mean, I've only seen I've only seen I've only seen Graham once, so that's interesting oh, because Graham's it, is so. My, yeah, my, Grams holds a special part. Well, I mean, again, I'm, I've, I've, I'm going through it, 
at a pace of which I'm, you know, with the podcast. So I've literally have only seen, I, I try not to even binge it. Like, I think I've seen three, but I'm trying to just go one at a time because I want to be as surprised as can be. And so far, Graham has been a very brief appearance and she's a bit of a bigot. So even in her going off into, I think, have sex with Bob, Mr. Leary's like, you know, being affectionate and, and, and loving. And she's she's, she's being just as loving. She's definitely going to have sex with Bob after the fact. Yes. But I think there was actually a work thing first. So okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe they went to Ruth's Chris, and then afterwards they went to a Ramada and they did the thing. Oh, I did, Okay, yes, I will, I'll give you that. Or maybe in the studio in one of their dressing rooms. I don't know. <laughs> um, but all but, if they would have just... They're still so affectionate to each other. And then she's so affectionate. If she was just pulling away a little bit, it's like, no, they're in for each other. It's like she can't help the animal magnetism towards this beefcake. But there's something there's clearly something that's drawing her to Bob. But it isn't physical because the physical th- thing seems to be being taken care of. They, they seem like they're really into each other as portrayed they're- before she's leaving to go have sex with Bob at some point tonight. Yeah, I can't. I wish it's it's one of those things. Okay, because I watched the show in real time, uh-huh. and now I'm binging it. But it's just like a refresher, yeah, in my mind. It's not new information. So there is a part of me with Gail that I've always adored her, and part of it is her interaction with Joey. Like it's not so okay. much. It goes back to you know people don't remember what you said, what you did, but they remember how you made them feel. Absolutely. And it's incredibly true. Gail, especially Joey has gone through so much in her life and she has yes. been going through more. Mm-hmm. And Gail is that mother figure that Joey lacks. Well, and the way she tells her off, you know, well, it's such a dis- it's disappointment. It's disappointment. I think that's an important thing. Yeah, it's disappointment. It, yeah, it's disappointment. And I think that that goes into what you're saying. Like she holds her in such high regard that she's like, what are you doing now? This was almost my line of the creek. I decided not to make it my line of the creek because it just is weird and I might be reading too much into it of like what I just this <laughs> podcast is. But she's she's telling off Gail. I'll call her Gail this one time because it's now in my head a bit. Uh, she's telling off Gail and talking about all these things and how her dad cheated on her mom. And then she says to Gail, my mom got cancer and, and died. So you do the math. As if she's saying that because her dad cheated on her mom, her mom got cancer. That's how I read that, right? And it felt like she was telling her, like, your actions affect people. You don't want to give Mr. Leary cancer like my dad gave my mom cancer by, you know, being unfaithful to her and making her stressed out and everything like that. Now, maybe stress can be, I'm sure stress stress doesn't help if you have cancer, but it was just such a weird thing to add into this thing about infidelity and, and breaking up family homes. That was such a weird extra thing to add in into all of that, where it's like, are you saying all this is connected? I don't, I don't think, okay, and this is, yet again, watching in real time and also rewatching it. I don't think she meant Mitch is going to get cancer. I think sure. she meant but bad my things mom can, yeah. died and my dad can never make peace for the fact that he was mm, an unfaithful asshole. So mm, okay. maybe you should okay. wrap up your shit Got it. so that you and Mitch don't end up in the same situation. That makes more sense than like, my, Like, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen to Mitch. He could die yeah. in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And then it's unresolved. That makes, I just, yeah. in my mind, I was like, well, maybe it was 1998 and people didn't really fully understand cancer yet. I, like, in my mind, I was like, does, does, no, does we they understood cancer? But 
I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to give him a. I was trying to give. I think, I think there's this, more options now. But I, I understood it. I think this show so far is like crazy ridiculous. I love it. It's so ridiculous though. And I was like, what does that mean for her to bring it up there? Now, what you just said makes way more sense. But in my mind, I was like, maybe she just thinks that maybe cancer can fester if you're stressed out and you know well, and being. I feel like uh, that. I, I was wrong. Like I was Joey's wrong. mom's. I feel like Joey's mom's cancer was never fully addressed. Like we don't know how long her mom had cancer. Okay. It seems that it was a very fast acting okay. illness. Yeah. And basically, she got sick, and within roughly six months or so, she was dead. Okay. So I think when Joey's talking to Gail, and Gail would know all this history, I think it's very much my mom died, and my dad never made amends. We find yeah. out. Do I can't remember if we know where Joey's dad is right now. Well, he's in prison. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. episode one, he's in prison for selling weed or growing weed or something like that. Oh, there's a whole lot more to that. Oh, but, um, okay. so well, uh, what I like, said, I can't bail, bail on what I said then bail on what I said. You're, you're, okay. you're you, what you said makes way more sense. Never mind. Um, we cancer research was, <laughs> the, cancer research was at a very, you know, a, a respectable level in 1998. And my theory was, I went, I went, I it's thought, better now. I thought, yeah, it's better now, but I thought too much into it. And she just was saying like, you know, mentally and emotionally, my mother died and my was, father has to live with that. You don't know when somebody's going to die. Yeah. You should make amends and be in a good place now. We're, we're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. Okay. okay. So so from there, they Joey's leave. Joey's not an asshole. Yes. Dawson is. Yes. So from there, you know, she, oh, have a good night. She very condescendingly tells her to have a good night. And now we're at the Cape Side Victory Dance. Victories mm. in quotes because of, victories in quotes because of what you, what you just told me earlier yeah, in the podcast about, you know, know, you know, this is, I guess this is akin to like a, um, it's kind of pep a pep rally, rally, like a pep rally. Like really. What's that? Homecoming, the homecoming dance. It's homecoming. It's yeah. supposed to be homecoming. Yeah. yeah. So it's we're at the Cape Side Victory Dance, where my song of the creek is playing. Okay. I want you by Savage Garden is playing, uh, accompanied by a lot of goofy white dancing. Uh, I really love this, and I I picked this song because it it's the quintessential. Oh, it's one of the quintessential like '90s school dance songs in my mind. Right. You got. Yeah. You got. I want you by Savage Garden. You got like Aqua by. By uh, Aqua Barbie Girl by Aqua. Yeah. You got uh, like Believe by Cher. That goes, <laughs> believe. You're hitting the dance floor by it. No? If like if Believe really by Cher. No, but... you people. No, come on. There's That's disco, basically. I mean. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Lou yeah, Bega. This is the 90s, not the 70s. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Lou Bega's Mumbo number five. Okay. Mumbo number five did not come out until after I was. Out of college or out of high school. It didn't come I out. I heard it for the first time in Europe. Really? When I high school. I yeah. thought this came out in like 97. It may have overarchingly, but in South Carolina. It didn't. It, was, it wasn't it was playing. What, what, what was jamming it? What was, what, was, what was jamming at your spring fling? Um, oh, goodness. What was the. Was it the Hellmouth song where it's like, what's that Hellmouth song? It's like, <laughs> you um, and me, baby, we're nothing but mammals. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> we had Green Day like our senior year. We had, and that was '99, so we had Green Day, Time of Our Life. Okay, yeah, um, that's a good one. But I that's not really dance. Sex, so I had Heart in Our Heart in a Blender. But okay. we also, what was the name? Ah, I can't remember it. Um, Cruel Intentions. It's Sweet Symphony. Is that? I can't remember what it's by. The but one that's like bum, 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 bum. is that that song where it's like basically like an orchestra song? 
I think so. But like we used to randomly dance to that. And okay. of course the electric slide. That's a good um, one. Oh, so also speaking of speaking of cruel intentions, I'm gonna slide another creek fact in here. Selma Blair was actually up for the role of Joey in Dawson's Creek, but Kevin Williamson felt like Katie Holmes came in, she stole the room. She was that perfect, sweet and tomboy kind of thing, and he felt like Selma Blair was a little too harsh. Selma Blair's great though, but he felt like it was a I would have loved to see her in some of these scenes where she's like, what is wrong with you? Like, I think some of Blair would have really had um, a great way of looking at Dawson. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I think she would have done an excellent job. I don't think it would have been the same. No, it's not. She's she's a little more grit. Like, she's got a little more. Well, and she's a pretty good bit older, too. True. Yeah, um, Katie Holmes really. Her and maybe Joshua Jackson. Everybody else looks like they're in their 20s. Her and Joshua Jackson. Michelle they look, was the youngest one. Really? Okay, so uh, so uh, after the Song of the Creek, I Want You by Savage Garden is playing. Uh, Pacey walks in. He beelines it over to Miss Jacobs, and he starts laying it on thick, man. I mean, th- he's you know what I'll say? It's it's just, This is all wrong and everything. This is not this is super taboo and wrong and statutory rape. But I wouldn't he, have said no to Joshua Jackson, though. He, and he's laying it on. Th- he's not just being like, pl- he's not being 15 about it. That's the thing. It's like, no. he, he's like, um, the you know they're having their back and forth, and she's like got this giddy flirtation. I mean, she's 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 impressed by his. He's suave, man, and he goes, "Would you like to dance with that fucking Joshua Jackson little kind of gruff deepness?" And then she's like, yeah. "We can't fucking dance, man. Like, there's people watching." He's like, "Obviously, we can't dance, but like, would you?" And I'm like, "Whoa, man, that's smooth." Never at any point in fifteen at fifteen years old, I would have been like, "Hey, um, I really like your shoes and how they match your um." Can your, we sway together? Yeah. <laughs> Can I hold your shoulders while you hold my shoulders and we dance on the dance floor? Like that, <laughs> for him to be like, you know, oh, would you like a cigarette? And like flip it out of a fucking metal thing and like, you know, slide it up and light it on her lip. You know, it was so, you know. And then later on in this episode, he's like, I'm not good with girls. I'm like, fuck you, man. But. Like, totally good yeah, with girls. But I, what I said in the first episode of, of this, I go, Joshua Jackson is a guy I knew guys like this. I'm like, once you graduate from high school, you, the world is going to be your oyster because you're funny, you're chill. I get a vibe that, you know, he, you know, he has that whole, like, he probably watches movies as much as Dawson, but he's not, like, an asshole about it. So he's, no, in, I mean, he's, they work in the rental store, so yeah, they have so, the same. So he's intellectual, he knows some stuff, and he's funny, and he's quick-witted. Like, this dude, but girls might not appreciate that in high school. They're like, what, what a, Cliff. Well, especially, he's not an athlete. He's not an athlete. No. He's not doing well in school because he couldn't give a shit. Yeah. So, like, at that point. He can't fit into any of the box. He can't fit into any of the high school boxes. There is no box. Now, fun insider information. The old guy that Miss Jacobs is talking to when Pacey walks up. Uh Uh-huh. Joshua Jackson's stand-in. What? (laughs) Cannot remember his name to save my life. His stand-in for, like, like back of head scenes and stuff? or. (laughs) No, not back in the head, but like when they were so standing nine out of ten, you never see them. Okay. Or you don't realize you see them because they are being used to make sure the lighting is good, especially for Got one it. camera type things. So the lighting's good, the distance is good, the blocking's good. Wow. And Josh Josh's stand-in, and I cannot for the life of me. I've been like racking my brain going through different scrapbooks trying yeah. to figure out what this guy's name was. Because he was a good 20 years older than we yeah. were. Which is interesting. All he the looked like he was a teacher. Kind of, yeah, all the other stand-ins were close in age, but Josh's <laughs> yeah. stand-in was not. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Rick. Um, Been a stand-in. Josh's stand-in was the guy talking to Miss Jacobs That's when crazy Casey walks over. 
Okay, so we're at the dance. So we're at the we're at the dance. And uh, Dawson once again is you know com- you know emotionally confusing Joey because he's like you know uh, 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 Jen is dancing yeah Jen is dancing with Cliff and would you dance with me in order to get close to them and one, once they got on the dance floor um, it switches to a slow song so then they start dancing of together yes of course wow who could have seen that coming uh, and then they just happen to. He has this moment where, you know, he's trying to use her to, like, look, but then they actually accidentally dance great. Like, they're on Dancing with the Stars. Like, he, like, throws her to the other arm, and then they have this moment where it's like, oh, oh, the, a little buzz of attraction. You know, it's like, oh, you're a good dancer. And energetic. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, never mind. Here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, it's time. Now, what I've, I just remembered, snap out of it, th- there's Jen. He, for all of his obsessiveness, again, the you, the Joe from you comes out of him because he's like, I'm going to play this off like I didn't even know that you were here and I'm not on the dance floor trying to spy on you. He's like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And Cliff Cliff has a thing where he's like, oh, you do film? You're my film class, right? You know, it's my it's my yeah. study base or whatever thing. He, my yeah, whatever. Study hall base. Yeah, whatever. He, in his mind, he in his mind, I think he thinks he's so cool. That's the thing I don't like. If he just was like an alt kid who was in the film, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. But I think he thinks it's like the end all be all of cool. And that's what I don't like. And that's why the scene's coming up. I just want to. So from there, you know, uh, they go Dawson like, oh, man, Jen, I caught you on the way to the bathroom. What's up? They're having a conversation. He starts trying to manipulate Jen in this scene like he manipulates Joey by making her feel guilty about coming to the dance with Cliff. She fucking is not for it. She dodges all that. She's like, whatever, man, I'm going to the bathroom. He tries to follow her into the bathroom. The girl, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the funny classic, oh, my boy, you know, he, oh my God, sorry. He leaves and now he's set, sitting at a table sulking while Jen is surrounded by every, all the jocks and everything. And he's sulking. And then he says like the most disrespectful thing to Joey. Girl's a mystery to me, but I feel like I've known her my whole life. I mean, it's like the way I feel about you. She, she challenges me the way you do. She, she could be you, except she's Jen. You she could be you, like, but you she's Jen. Serious? He's like, I feel about her how I feel about you. But like, you're basically a dude. So it's if you were a girl, you'd be Jen is basically what he says to her. And she's yeah, like, no, completely. And she's like, uh, well, fuck you, you know. <laughs> yeah. So she could be Jen, but she could be you, but she's Jen. And, um, you know, and now Dawson decides. Now, this is my favorite moment of the show, because. From episode one and now to episode two, in my mind, I had this whole thing with Kevin Williamson where I go, this is his telling of like, this is what he wants, this is how he wants people to react to him. You know, oh my God, I have all of my uh, Steven Spielberg posters organized on my wall by box office gross. And then the girl that's in his room is like, oh my God, like that's so attractive. And the way that he speaks and everything. And he goes up to Jen, he musters up the courage to like, do this whole kind of muster up the courage. Like he's a complete douchebag. He oh, this is crazy. This, this is a crazy like moment. This is absolutely crazy, but I love it because this broke the wall and the facade that I created because he goes up to cliff and he's like, it's time for a rewrite. Um, excuse me. 
I'd like to cut in. What are you doing, Basson? Actually, I don't want to cut in. I'd like to take over. Um, I'd like to thank you, Cliff, for showing Jen such a great time for the earlier part of the evening, but I'm here now in sound mind and body, and I can take it from here. What are you talking about? Yeah, Dawson, what are you talking about? You and me. Me and her. Cliff, I know it's a little confusing right now, but all you really need to know is that Jen and I have something going on, and it's a little bit raw and undefined right now, but this is my attempt to clarify the situation. So I'd like to ask you to manly step aside so that I might have a moment with the object of my desire. Jen, who is this guy? Dawson, what are you doing? Hey, you're gonna have to leave now. Okay, this is this is too weird. No, no I think you need to go. I'm staying. What's going on, Jen? I mean, do you wanna do you wanna be with this guy? Why don't you just go? So why okay? don't you go? And if I don't, I haven't thought it through that far. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll make it easy for both of you. I'll go. I was thinking Cliff was gonna talk back to him. How everybody talks in the show, like, actually, I'm in the him. middle. So I'm. You're nice. <laughs> So I thought I thought it was I was like everybody's written in these like really uh you know ten dollar words and you know long winded things and he says all this stuff and Cliff's like who the fuck who are you like it was so like oh he's like me he's like why are you guys talking like this because Dawson's doing this whole thing and I'd like to step in I think that you should be a man of honor and respect him he's like dude what are you talking about and then he's like and Scott Foley's well adjusted yeah Scott Scott necessary Scott Foley's like listen man I don't know who you're trying to impress but it's a dance and uh, we're on a date and his his also his reaction is perfectly reasonable for a guy who he doesn't know and he I think I mean this is a date I know Michelle Williams is playing it off like very cool and everything but they've danced twice they came together regardless of if she likes him or not I don't think it's wrong of Scott Foley to feel like he's on a date. So he's like, what the fuck? Well, no, and I don't I don't think Jen would deny that. Sure. As a woman, if I'm sitting there and Dawson saying all these 50 cent words and trying to be possessive and I'm the object of his obsession. Yes. Yes. And then I have Scott Foley who's like, who is this guy? Like, can I just take you home? And I'm like. I'm going with Scott Foley. Absolutely. I'm going with Scott Foley with 2020 goggles too. Yes. With Olivia Pope. Like, yes. 1000%. Yes. Please let's go home and drink wine and you can do whatever. The he looks the same. To, no, I take that me. back. Like, I'm good. He looks better now than he did in, in 1998. He, he does. It's crazy to me. I, I'm going home with Scott Foley every day of the week versus James Vanderbeek. As you should. He's, he's in a vest. Like, now, the, the 90s fashion isn't great in general, but Scott Foley's wearing, like, you know, some just some nice-fitted denim jeans and a button-up shirt tucked in. Here comes Dawson no. in his giant pants and his big vest and his big shirt, and he's like, hello, I think you should be a man of honor and respect that I am here to to take over this date for the night. And man of whisk- honor, but I'm not asking your date permission to step in. I'm no. not asking your date. I'm not even speaking to her. I'm talking, I'm talking to you. Yeah, no, I'm just talking to the dude. Like... <laughs> So Scott Foley, Scott Foley justifiably is directing his energy. He's also directing it to Jen. Like Jen, who are you? Okay, like who is this? But he's also like, dude, who the fuck are you? Justifiably, like, listen, man, I just want you to go away. If I have to kick your ass, it's not like it's not like Scott Foley came out of the gate like I'm gonna throw you in a trash can, you nerd. I will punch your stupid nerd face. He didn't. He's like, who who is this? Are you okay? No. And had it been right, bit written by Ryan Murphy, it would have been that way. Like, you're going, I'm throwing a slushie in your face. Yeah. You're done. I'm walking out with the girl. Yes. And I think Scott Foley is so endearing. Yes. And it's not just because he's Scott Foley. It's because of the way it's written. Yes. And Dawson is such a douchebag. Which is that- crazy to me that the captain of the football team in a, in a, in a drama, teen drama, is like, 
the cooler person in this scene. Jen, what is this? <laughs> He's like, and then Jen's like, I'll do you one better. She was embarrassed. And I'm like, I get it. Like, it's awful. And you don't want two guys fighting over you. But at the same time, like. It was way more Dawson, though. Anything that's going to encourage Dawson at this yes. point. Like, he is clearly off the fucking deep end. And super, like, the audacity. Now, I had a I had a girlfriend when I was, it was nothing like this. But when I was 18, 19 years old. I had gotten broken up with by a girl because I had gotten a new job and I was very like focused in on the job. So she told me like, you know, we just don't spend time or whatever. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. This is the first time I've ever, this was the closest I've ever come to like being like a possessive guy. Right. So I'm dumped and I'm like, I'm going to do all the stuff that she's saying I didn't do now in breakup. Right. So I'm texting her every day, doing all the stuff that, you know, I'm being Dawson to her, to her Jen and then I had this idea, and I'm so glad that, like, a person should do, like Jen should do, and go, you need to comment, you need to back off a little bit, man. You're being a little, a little too intense. I was going to write, I wrote, a, a, like, a, like, a, what is it, a, like, an anagram, like, for her name? What is that? Like, a, like where each letter is Like, the, you did a poem where each letter was, like, her name. Like, her name. And, one of those. Anagram, what anagram. is, uh, that's the backwards. Anagram is backwards. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I can't I don't remember know the, what that's actually called, but it's some sort of poem where everything just yeah. Oh, I, stand, I can't every believe every letter can't. stands for a sentence or a word yeah. depending on what you do with it. I can't believe that words. I took a creative writing class in high school. I can't believe that I'm embarrassed. I don't know, but I'm my teacher's gonna, gonna comment on the story. Finish. <laughs> my teacher's gonna come out. So, uh, so I'm like writing it. I'm, you know, you know, and L, the love I have for. You. I'm gonna leave it on her car on the windshield. You know, just so you know, this is romantic. And she, while I'm literally literally writing it, preparing to leave out of the house, she, I get a text like, hey, listen, I just think, you know, um, we're broken up and you just, we just need to kind of dial it back a bit and um, we need to just kind of be not talking for a bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, I totally uh, agree with that for sure. Like we need to be capable of moving on and that's crazy. And then ripped it up and like... <laughs> ripped it up and threw it in the trash but like he needed to hear that from regardless of if she liked him that is such unacceptable behavior in public to like embarrass her and and That's take possession like, of her and and it was such weird energy what you were describing you're texting in private like i'm a sucker for a good morning and a good night text like i don't necessarily need text throughout the day i don't need text whenever but a good morning and sure. a good night like you're you're beginning and ending your day thinking of me. Absolutely. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, the poem. Listen, I, it, it sounds but good. I was being a sociopath. I was being a sociopath. I was being a sociopath. I was just doing. I wasn't. I didn't want to you write her a poem. I thought she, wanted, she would want a poem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't coming from the so, heart. It was coming from the mind of like I'm going to manipulate her feelings into we'll you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one moment of the episode that I feel like Dawson's doing what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's such I bad instincts, right? It was just, this was not calculated. He was like, he's like, no, this was his instincts. He's doing exactly what he wants. These to are do. his we instincts. <laughs> These are Dawson's instincts. Like, I'm gonna go and embarrass her in front of the entire school and challenge the captain of the football thing. team to a duel. <laughs> She's a thing. Yes. I want this thing. So I'm gonna take I'm my going... toy back. 
to tell everyone that this is the thing that I want. Yes. Like, it's, I don't it's like not, Cliff playing with my toy and I'm going to tell him in front of everyone. to adapt yes. to what this ex wanted, you were still thinking about her. Yes. Dawson in this scene especially it's is all him. not... It has nothing to do with Jen. At all. At all. And she justifiably storms out. Regardless of how heated the confrontation got, it was all Dawson. Like, I don't blame Cliff for being like, Absolutely. like, dude, if you're not going to leave, do you want me to make you leave? Like, he's like, if you're not going to walk like, away. Cliff is trying not to be aggressive. Yes. He's trying this dude is, so hard. Cliff is all of 6'2", and he's restraining himself. And we all know that this guy is the captain of the football team. The 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 The, the, the stereotypical trope of these TV shows is like, I'm going to punch you in your... If this was like... If this was Seventh Heaven or some other show like that... Dawson would have a black eye. He would have a black eye and Michelle Williams would be comforting him and that would be how they, you know, have an emotional m- moment, right? Instead... Which I think it's one thing that I think Kevin Williamson and the band of people like Dawson's Creek were trying not to do. Yeah, it is a, it is subversive in ways. You literally made your title character so fucking unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it, it's subversive in many ways that that they didn't do the steak eye thing, and that your your lead protagonist of the show is like awful. Like that's that's a weird choice for a TV it show. Only gets worse. That's that's like such a. I think it's I think it's a bold choice for a show to be like. Let's make the the person who's the titular character, the one that is the least liked. It's a really cool. Okay. It's a really cool move to do. I think I think it was a unique move by Kevin Williamson to make Dawson so awful. Say, even in nineteen ninety eight, I don't know if that was necessarily his goal, but it was definitely I remember and yet again, I was Team Pacey from the get go, but I there was never a moment really until probably season five where I was like, Oh, poor Dawson. Otherwise <laughs> that's, I was more that's like, way too long. Fucking <laughs> Yes, every like, what the hell? So it's it's taken to another level. Uh, me and me and Amanda Jacobson in the first season, in the first episode of, of Dawson's Creek and, and episode of Down by the Creek as well, we um, were very much like both Dawson and Pacey in the first episode. They have such incel energy, and they're like you know aggressive and angry towards women. And uh, Dawson kind of c- continues with that torch this episode. Pacey dials back a bit, but after the dance, they're all walking home from the dance. And Dawson, my line of the creek this week is Dawson going, "This could easily be the single most horrific night of my life. I'm a simp." The derogatory meaning of simp is like you're a sucker for a woman. You like you know you're you do whatever for a woman and. Whatever kind of thing is that supposed she to be? She never right? asked him to do. Anything. She never asked him to you're do any asshole. of these things. You're just a. You're an asshole. You're not. It's not like, oh man, I put my heart on the line and I totally put my feelings everywhere, and she rejected me. It's like, no, you embarrassed yourself and her, and were super possessive, and you didn't even ask her to the dance. As a matter of fact, she and invited you, never you to the. Put your emotions on the line. He like, just assumed. Never- yeah, yes. I feel this way about you. I like it was never a prof- it was never Nothing. a boombox over your no. head in the front lawn. It was like the opposite like, of that, a simp. You're the opposite never of happened. you're the opposite of a simp, man. You're just some weird dude who's like, well, we had one moment, and so she's my girlfriend now. And like, why doesn't why do I need to say that? She's just she should just know that she can't go to the dance with other guys because she's my girlfriend. Because we almost kissed when I walked her home that one night. We're, and I think had he asked her I think she said to yes. the dance, they would have absolutely been on the same page. Absolutely. But he assumed she was going to skip the dance and watch John Travolta movies. And not, yeah, like he just assumed that she was going to fit all of the boxes yes. that he wanted. We haven't even really created. We haven't even really established, except kind of in the first episode, that she even likes movies that much. 
I mean, she knows no, Steven like, Spielberg she movies. And we've had much more meaningful conversations yes. than she and Dawson. He just puts that on her. He's like, you love Steven Spielberg and cinema as much as me. Obviously, you know what uh, Schindler's List is. So we're the same person. And she's like, no, man, I want to go to the dance. All the posters in his room. Like, Schindler's why, List. Like, why would you ever put a Schindler's yeah. Like, he, It's an important story. It's. Of course, but like but he chokes his chicken in that room, and I don't want to look at a Schindler's List poster while I'm in, you know, having sensual time with myself. That's insane. That's that's an insane, that's an insane poster to hang up anywhere, any anywhere. It's such a. It, it would be like remember you that movie. In an office, if you're Steven Spielberg and you won the Oscar. Exactly. For it? Yeah. Exactly. Next to like the, the the ticket for the box office growth. It would be like if I had like a My Sister's Keeper mo- uh, movie poster in my yeah. house. You're like, I mean, I like that movie. I only saw it once because it's devastating and I don't want people to be reminded of my sister's keeper when they're in my house. Like it, it just doesn't need to be on display. You can bring it up in conversation if it comes up, but like to put that on display is it's crazy. To me. It's like, yeah, like, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. They're on the same page. They're both like great films to watch any day of the week. They're fun. And then I know what you did last summer over here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well of course. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta drop those Easter eggs in there. And then just on an amusing level, I love the leather straps in Frisco. It's funny because one of the creator of Veronica Mars, one of his first writing jobs was Dawson's Creek. That makes it because Veronica Mars has and that same kind of the DC Arrow universe that's on the CW. This too. Wow, what a weird origin story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Pacey. This is my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Pacey ends up right back under a lamppost at a creek or at a dock once again with Miss with Miss Jacobs, um, and they're having this conversation again. Pacey's coming on, so you know he's so wounded but lovable and all those kind of things. And Miss Jacobs like, listen, man, I'm fucked up in the head. I'm going through a lot of things. I'm a mess. And this isn't going to work. Also, I'll go to fucking jail if anybody finds out about this. This is, like, not smart at all. And then Pacey excuses her actions by letting her know that I kissed you back. And listen, I'm well beyond the age, my age mentally. I know I'm only 15, but, like, I am really cognitive and cognizant of what we are doing. And I have a say as well. So it's so not only does she know it's wrong, it is wrong legally. They, it's and she's saying all these things, but he's just so irresistible because he's Joshua Jackson. She tells him, I, "We can't do this, and we need to just be a teacher and student." That's how this needs to be. And then he pulls her in. Swath move. Everything about I this mean, is it's wrong. Joshua Jackson, I fucking understand. Everything okay? about this. Every, <laughs> everything. I just want to say everything because this is going to probably. I just, I'm assuming this is a storyline for a lot of the season. But everything about yeah. this is wrong. But Joshua Jackson is playing this. Uh, masterfully i mean he is a suave debonair dude he just happens to also be a fucking child and she's like 38 years old so this is incredibly is, wrong yeah, she's absolutely wrong, wrong every every if this every was, aspect of it and i and i think that if he he had to be this way because if it was anything other like but i really like you though and why can't we just like can we make out? If it was anything other than that, you go. Would not oh, have played well for no, at all. You no. go. You'd go. Oh, this woman's creepy because that's not suave at all. But Joshua Jackson being so debonair in the way that he's approaching it, you go. I mean, listen. I, he, but, I mean, granted, Joshua Jackson in actuality is like twenty twenty one. Yes. Yes. This season. That's Still like the find Joshua Jackson incredibly attractive. Absolutely, and he is incredibly charming, and being on set and seeing him in person, like he is yeah. just. He is that guy. If you take away the controversy Absolutely. of the he age. Take me home, I'm gonna yes. Say yes. Yeah. You take away the controversy of the age. And this was just like, I'm going through a messy divorce right now, uh, Pacey. So I can't. And he 
used all the same energy that he did before kissing her, you go, oh man, that's a fucking suave okay. romantic scene. Let's go. You know, so it's just, <laughs> so, so it's just like the 15 year old part is like, oh my God, this is so wrong. But he is very suave and charming. And it ends in them having a very passionate kiss. His second kiss of the episode, Pacey's getting all the action. He kissed his dream girl and he Dawson's dream girl. <laughs> this dude's kissing everybody's dream girl all day long. And Dawson ends the episode kissless. So they, they have a passionate kiss scene. We cut back to uh, uh, Dawson and Joey, and they're walking down the street, and they're just still going over the night. Dawson, I couldn't imagine being not only Dawson's friend, but Dawson's female friend in the friend zone because it's just like, yap, 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 and these these long philosophical yeah, quips. And, you know, oh, man, it's like life is uh, nothing. is Everything's highs. There's no middles. And I just love her. It's like, shut up, man. But anyway, they're having a back and forth, and then she goes, you're such a sphincter, which is <sighs> the dialogue in this show is bananas sometimes, but I've never, that's never been an insult well, ever. Has it? Okay. So in their defense for that particular thing, and it's one of those things since I was watching through the first season, there's certain FCC things that okay. they want to say, but they can't say. She so couldn't say butthead. She can say sphincter, but she can't say asshole. But a sphincter, I feel like there's, there has to be you know, a direct comparative to asshole that isn't. Oh, she was completely calling him an asshole. But sphincter's nuts. You know, allowed by the FCC. It's not one of the seven words, according to George Carlin, that you cannot say. That's fair. But my whole thing is like, until you bring that up, I'm not thinking like, oh, she's a roundabout way calling him an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it. If I, I it would be if she called him like. A numbskull or a doofus or it would have the same effect. A sphincter, you just go, a sphincter? So um, so they're, they're continuing to walk down the street and then boom, Dawson lays eyes on Jen. So it's like, Joey, get the fuck out of here. Thanks that for That is actually one of my least favorite lines where he's like, can I bag on you? And she's like, you can bag on me. I'm like, oh. like we didn't say bag. Like, no, that's thing. weird. I didn't even, I, to me, bag on you means like, can I fucking insult you right now? Or can yeah. I like make fun of you? I, I guess that means like, like bail. Up, going away. Can I bail on you? That makes way more sense. And it's what you should have said. Can I bag on you? Is like, are you gonna like? Can I that can I bag on you right now? You're so stupid. To create their own vernacular. Oh, uh, it's like fetch. Which they actually kind of succeeded with, but that's with what? The point. Walk the Just dog. Like little words. N not walk the dog. Although <laughs> I'm sure there are people that probably use it. Yeah, um, ironically. But there are little things that I feel like. Can I bag on you? I probably even myself, and I can't tell you off the top of my head what they are. But they but they are but they, but they work their like way that. into your everyday vernacular because of the they show. Did. Okay, I can yeah. see that. But bag on you. Bag like, hey man, I got bag. a bag. I'm watching it now, and I'm like, really? man, I'm running late. I, I got a bag. I got a bag. I got a bag out of here. So she's no. like, yeah, you can bag on me. And he fucking, he might as well have like laced up some fucking LL Bean boots, turned her around, and just kicked her in her ass down the street. And oh, yeah, she, and she doesn't actually go because they have no. to give her a creepy moment yeah. to make Dawson make a little less creepy. Sense. Well, less creepy. My ass. He walks down the road to behind Jen and just stands there until she senses that somebody's over her shoulder. I'm like your TV. <laughs> So, you know, they have this whole thing. She's like, I'm so angry at you. Um, he's, you know, he's apologetic, but not, I don't think he really. But not really. Yeah, he doesn't really get it. He doesn't really get it. You know, he's saying, you know, he, she's saying like, you know, what do you want from me? 
I want to, I want to basically revealing her trauma to him. Yeah. She's like, I've been through a lot. What do you want? Well, I want to, I want to, I don't want to, I feel like I'm becoming your friend. And she's like, I, bro, I got here on a, in a cab four days ago. I don't know why this has to be so intense. Does it have to be, do we have to identify what this is tonight? Yeah. Kind of. I need you to, you know, I need you to choose tonight what we are. And, and then I guess I don't remember being 15. Cause there's a part of me that I'm like now, like, of course you can be both the friend and the boy adventure. Like, you, why is that not a thing? And because Dawson only deals 15? in he only deals in absolutes. Dawson only deals in absolutes. Black and white. It's black and white. We're That's either it. dating or we're not dating. Except this is the speech that Joey Except should be Joey. giving. Joey should be saying all of these things to him, and it's so hypocritical for him to be saying this because it's like, do you not know what you do to this no, girl in a day to day? Do you not know what you do to Joey on a day-to-day basis? I feel like you're making me your friend. I don't want to be that person that you come over to and you talk about all your boy adventures with. I want to be the boy adventure. You don't think Joey wants to be your girl adventure? How are you not seeing that? You're living, you've been living it for four days. Joey's been living it for 12 years, man. For 12 years, she's been living it. And you're like, four days of this, this. And they've had some pretty romantic moments. The first episode, that whole thing where she's like, I'm just going to pretend we kissed. You could live off that and still be in the okay, we're friends for now. Because they're in a friends for now type of thing. He knows he's not locked into a friend zone. They had a very romantic moment, but he's like, no, no, no. We need to go full throttle now. I can't do any more of these little, you know, cute things. I think that's things. the jealousy and the possessiveness. It's She's yes. on a date with Cliff. Yeah. He's well, like, no, I don't want that anymore. She can't date with somebody else. No. So I need... Yes. I need you to officially say you're my girlfriend so that other dudes don't try to do anything or take you out on... You, we need to make it clear. You're mine. Yes. And it works, but it works. She's like, she's like, okay, well, let's say I'm interested in adventure. It's it's one of the reasons that I say Kevin Williams can't write women. What? what, I don't think any person, but especially not a woman after you embarrass her. What wants an ultimatum? You say, this is what you want. Ultimatum wise. She then bears your trauma and you're like, Oh, it dance. Like you don't even acknowledge the fucking trauma. She's just told you. I've been through so much. I feel like if I feel like, I feel like it's, it's bad for me at the, the the vulnerable time of my life. It's bad for me to, to go into a thing with you because it might not be healthy for me. And he's like, yeah, but like you should, though. He's a narcissistic, selfish yes. psychopath. He's like, yeah, like, yeah, all is- that, whatever, whatever you just said. But do you want to date me or not? <laughs> you need to be my everything or you're my nothing is basically what he says. And she's like, you know what? I'm in. I'm interested. And then... And and- <laughs> What? <laughs> that worked but again th- he does these things he did them in the first episode and you go that elicited a positive response it's like no woman that, would respond positively to this a, i think that's the 2020 goggles though. yeah like i think there's a part of you that's like and i can say this has somebody at 22 stupidly was like oh i'm chosen yeah like i got chosen yeah yeah, yeah. and yet again I, I was the Joey person. I was the friend zone person. Yeah. So at 22, when somebody chose me, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. I'm good to go. Let's see where this goes. Yes. Worst relationship of my life. Yeah. But I didn't know. Yeah. Because I'd never been the one chosen. Underst- I'd never been the one that somebody wanted more than anyone else. Yeah. So, so okay. The Constellation Joey Bryce. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, because that is the position that Dawson is putting Michelle Williams in of such a high pedestal. And she was the bad girl. She was the I I mean, you don't know that yet, but I'm in from, her mind, I'm from she was New the bad York. girl. She was the whatever. And so 
here's this guy who was wholesome, who was good, and he's choosing her. Yes. He really is putting all, it, all, like, all his okay, eggs in I'm the basket. Interested. And I will say, this is where my song pick of the episode comes in, mm, when yeah. they dance. That's a great song. That's a great song. First of all, it's Jane Arden. Yes. And at this time, I mean, we didn't know it in the United States, but she apparently has the theme song for Dawson's Creek everywhere else. Yes. She has, she's <laughs> popped up. She's popped up a couple of times on this show. And I... You know, I don't really like the intro song, but this song that uh, you don't know is playing by Jan you Arden. Don't know is as, as they again, they have a very beautiful. This is the second time because in the first episode they have that. You know, I'm gonna pretend we kissed. That was a very romantic scene. And again, they have a. Very, now I would say I don't think Dawson and I don't think J- James Vanderbeek and Michelle Williams have much chemistry at all. But they have two incredibly you know romantic and cute scenes in the first two episodes. First being, yeah. the, I, I'm going to pretend we kissed. And this one, as they, you know, the whole the episode's called Dance. They go to a dance and everything. They don't, they get into a fight at the dance. And then it ends with them dancing down by the dock to a music from a boat. You know, Jan Arden's You, um, you Don't Know is a beautiful song and it's playing. Yeah. And then they pan the fucking Joey behind but, the telephone and that's pole. The thing, that song is not about Jan and Dawson. It's that about, song yeah, yeah. It's about Joey. Yeah, because it's like, I'm, I've always been your friend. It's, it's yeah. It's a sad Jan song. Jan Arden, who, like, at this point in time, we're listening to Insensitive from Bed of Roses with Christian Slater, and my favorite movie of all time is Heather's, so Christian Slater can do no wrong, <laughs> um, and is married to Stuart Masterson. So the two of them, like, I've already listened to Teach Me How to Be Insensitive, I don't know how many times. And so having her do the song where she's like, you don't know me. Yeah. And the song is literally about Joey. Yes. Like, it has nothing It's a friend zone song. Jen and, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. And then it cuts the... Cuts to Joey like behind the telephone pole. And you go, oh my god, this dude is yeah, so awful so to this girl. Of those cut to Joey. <laughs> so I feel like Katie Holmes basically her her so sad. She has such a the sad. The cut face. to look was pretty much longing. It's longing. It's such longing. Such a sad face. And she, I would say, one, he treats he treats Joey like shit. He doesn't deserve either of these girls. Joey's awesome. No. Uh, um, I, again, at this point for me, Jen, I, I'm still kind of like, I, I think her and Dawson belong together for me a bit just because so far, two episodes in, Jen's a little pretentious and Dawson's incredibly pretentious. That's the way the show was written. Yeah. It's for you to project Jen and Dawson. Yeah. Which is interesting to hear because, I, you, like you said earlier on, I was very much a Joey personified in the world. Sure. That... I never saw it that way. Like, it always pissed me off. Oh. <laughs> I was always like, no, 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 no. Like, why the fuck would he end up with Jen? That's just wrong. Yeah. Um, But to hear it from that point of view is very interesting because I just don't. And obviously, I know how the show ends. I bawled so many times with this show. I bawled at the end of season one. I look forward to it. Because of how it related to my life. Um, I bought at the end of the series saying goodbye and for multiple other reasons. And there have been a couple other times that I've cried, but this, I mean, it was my first time on the national camera. It was my first time really like I'd gone to college. I knew how to work in control room. I knew how to do all these things, yeah. but I didn't know like, I had the drive, I had the ambition, and I'd written a horror film because I wanted to take it to Kevin Williamson because yeah. he was my hero and Scream, and I know what you did last summer. And my 
horror film is extremely twisted and dark and <laughs> weird. Like there's there's elements of it from Heather's and Scream. Yeah, that are very interesting. I used it for my thesis project in grad school, <laughs> but that's why I took it up to the studio yeah. in Wilmington. And funnily enough, Kevin Williamson had actually left that season, so my envelope was addressed to Kevin Williamson. Paul Stupin, who's remained executive producer throughout the years, yeah. actually wrote me back. Now, what I know at 39 years old, he had absolutely no reason to write me back. Yeah. He was not required. Right. They they can't accept scripts that aren't submitted by an agent. Okay. At all. So no matter no matter how good your no matter how good your no. script may have been, it's like I can't do this. So But I was 18 and fearless and didn't yeah. And had no idea. As so I be. brought it up there and I get this amazing letter back. This was like, please keep writing. Like it's super short and whatever. And it's on the official letterhead. And that's how I actually ended up being background. Yeah. And so there's that part of me that has awful has tossed and some of these <laughs> other characters that you'll meet later are like, I, they hold a warm place in my heart. So, so because of, so because of all of these encompassing things, you will continue to defend and find appreciation for this show even through 2020 vision is 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 the synopsis that i've gathered through talking to you for this time that you understand that you know um there's some stuff that's that's a little wild but it's like this was such a cool this was such a this was such a fun time that it will always hold an endearing place in your heart so Dawson's Creek will always hold a super soft place in my heart. Absolutely. Um, that being said, as much as I love Kevin Williamson, he, and especially in the series, and I, like I said, I'm in season five of the rewatch myself. He writes women like shit. Like we, he does an excellent job of his gay characters. He does an excellent job of handling so many nuances. Yes. And it's one of those, they tackle so many important topics of the time wow. and do an actual pretty good job, starting with really with season two. I look forward to criticizing uh, the the terribleness of how they attempt, but also I will also attempt to give them the leeway of saying like, it's 1998 and it, you know, I'm always a person that says, you know, you learn more you can't just not have the conversation, right? No matter, you know, like if you try, right. you try and then you learn. So I assume they got all this feedback from somebody at the time. And if, you know, uh, you know, if, if they, but there weren't many women in the writer's room. Like, I mm. don't know who. So they, high, like, they high five and I, like, I, guys, we, we, cr- we, 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 we nailed, we nailed that. One woman that was, I mean, Gina is the main person in mm-hmm. the first season. And I think she was probably like, this is what we should do. And I think they took a little bit of it at to heart yeah but overall i think they're like mm, this is the way people really handle it and right it's like mm, yeah solo woman yeah. <laughs> in the room let's let's listen we'll take hey, we'll take right parts here. thanks gina <laughs> well polly uh this has been an incredible uh breakdown and now we've come toward the end but before we get into uh the wind down of this episode i like to play a little game here um the game uh, the game is called Joey's Choice. Okay, now, so so uh, basically, you are the rules are 
you know, uh, you are Joey, and you are you are paddling down this creek. I don't know the name of the creek. You're paddling down Dawson's there Creek. There is no creek. There is no. <laughs> you're you're paddling down the creek. You come across two bodies floating in the water. They both need help. You can only save one of them. You can only use the character traits that you've learned and gleaned from this episode to choose if you will save Dawson or Pacey. Only but ba- not I'm saving I, Pacey every time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go into it with the physical, physical attraction to Pacey. Yeah, but he's flailing in the water. You can't see spitting water out of his mouth. Even then, he's he looks better than. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I like. Even the episodes where Pacey pisses me off, I'm yeah. still going to say Pacey. Like, just, well, this actually, this wasn't a hard competition because Dawson was like, was like peak asshole this episode. It, it was, it was glad. It he was gets gl- worse. Oh. <laughs> I feel like everybody I have on is going to be like, yeah, no, it's Pacey. Like, it's not even, yeah, it's Dawson's awful. <laughs> there, there's about six episodes in season three or season four where people might be like, oh no, it's Dawson. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't care what's going on. It's always Joshua Jackson. It's always Pacey. Like even there, there are two episodes in particular where he's a Pacey's a raging asshole. Oh, still, I'm still choosing Pacey. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's good to know. Okay, so you, you, Joey's choice. You have saved. Polly has chosen to save a uh, 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 Pacey from the creek with no name. Um, now we have come toward the end of the podcast. Now I've alluded, I've said this in the first episode as well, but um, anybody who is, has uh, singing aspirations or would like to, you know, um, get any kind of recognition, I would love for you to send an email to Creek talk 98 at gmail.com with your submission of your cover of Paula Cole's. I don't want to wait now, Polly. I think we discussed at a point that I would like for you to, you know, um, kind of, um, Put a message in the bottle. This is what I like to do. I like for people to come. Once we finish analyzing the episode, I want you to kind of take a message that you've received from this episode. Put it. I'm going to put it in the bottle, and I'm going to throw it into the creek. You know, to kind of you know for for listeners to take away from from what from what this show from what this show. I want you to have whatever le- message. It it doesn't have to be um, up. Whatever this whatever this show uh, uh, this episode. tried even tried to and it failed whatever it tried to teach you i would love for you to kind of you know surmise that and wrap that up and as you're doing that there will be a cover of paula cole's i don't want to wait gently swelling in the background Uh, okay without making dawson sound like an asshole the only lesson to be gleaned from this episode is if you find someone who gives you a memorable kiss you should possibly hold on to them gently though not, Gently, not obsessed. Not be an asshole about it, but <laughs> maybe hold on to that. Yeah, hold, hold on, <laughs> hold on to that person like, and keep I that keep the chapstick keep the chapstick on hand. I mean, yeah, chapstick's important. Such good product placement, by the way. It's like when 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 Mrs. Leary is like, she pops the chapstick. Like uh-huh, I remember chapstick. You Zoom in. <laughs> All right. Well, Polly, this has been so much fun. I would love for you to, you know, take a time and, you know, kind of, you know, give your socials out, tell, let people know where they can find you and, and, and all of that wonderful stuff. Um, so, you know, go ahead. The floor is yours. You know, any, anything that you're working on, whatever, you know, go have, have, have at it. Okay. Well, social wise, I'm Polly Kotowski, which is K-O-T-O-W-S-K-I. Yes, it is. On Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can hear me Mondays on Jensen and Holes and Murder Squad. Absolutely. 
Um, I am working on a novel. Yes, you are. I would love to. I would love to read that whenever you get, you know, get it finished. I would vampires, love to. Vampires, witches, werewolves. Oh I'm, my! I'm into all of those things immensely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing rewrites right now. Oh wow! Okay. That's why you haven't read it yet. So okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, on the bright side, this has been the most depressing year, and um, there's been so much time to not go anywhere or eat food in public or you know go do things. So. Do we I, haven't slowed down? Oh, I yes. feel like podcasting's picked up. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, the more time you have, have, it's like, oh, we can we like, can bank more. Free yeah, time. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, what are you talking touche. about? Touche. We can record all the time. Yeah. Touche. So we can bank so many episodes. There's so much free time to do this. Yeah. Okay. And whenever. They're like, but wait, did you see this breaking case? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're fast. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this has been another episode of Down by the Creek. I've been Alvin Williams, your, uh, your lovely uh, no- novice Creeker host, joined by the wonderful Polly Katowski. And uh, see you guys next Creek. Mm-hmm.